Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. I do have a quick correction. Very important. Mm. I said Senator Trask before. Mm. Boulevard, Tra- Boulevard Trask was not a senator. He was a he was a man of, of industry. He was an arms manufacturer who helped build right. the Senate Sentinels. Right, right, I right, was right. thinking of Senator Kelly, who was his ally in the U.S. Senate uh, as part of the mutant registration program. Of course, yeah. apologies uh, to to those affected. <laughs> What's good, Internet? It is Monday, September 30th, 2019, and you are listening to Waypoint Radio, episode 267. The last day before things get real spooky here, September 30th. What is What is Patrick? Is that Something you? like a hip-hop version of... <laughs> yeah. Someone get... Hey. Someone please start sampling. Uh, wait, 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 why are you, Patrick? It's the thirty. I got, I got, I got sent kind of a link. We're all gonna, kind of, you ready? Here we go. Here Kata, we go. Everyone, wait, wait. Let's. Yeah. What is? The, what am I looking at? It's muted. Also, Kata, you have it I muted. Got it. Yeah, okay. Yeah. What is this? We, in pursuit of, in the pre-show, we were trying to remember the name of a, and a hot mic mornings. We were trying to remember the name. It was like a shout killer. Outs. X X. Shout outs to hot mic mornings. Yeah. Um, yeah. Shout outs to different traffic goals and expectations for a website. Um, oh, it was fun. Uh, that was a good one. Anyway, yeah, it was a weird time. Um, and one of the things when when you and I did it one time, we were like watching trailers, and I we found this one for some horror movie that involved. At first, I thought it was Chopping Mall, which is a movie, a, a great uh, 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 schlocky movie about these robots that uh, hunt down these people in the middle of like a like a Midwest mall. But then there was one about like this, like an exercise place or something that was killer had like a killer sauna. It was something like that. I couldn't figure out what it was. Um, and instead I'm like searching like horror bathroom, horror exercise. And I don't know. <laughs> I got a trailer for killer workout. Um, this workout's a real killer. I don't know. So let's go. Okay. So I've, all oh, right. Holding a killer work, the killer workout is not problematic, but I haven't screened it. So, great. Let's go. All right. Three, two, one. You, okay. <laughs> you, you tried, tried Atkins. Atkins. <laughs> South Beach. Yeah, well, listen. Oh, this is such a product of its moment. Mm-hmm. Some jazzercise going on. <laughs> the cookie diet was a thing. Apparently. I'm sure that existed. That makes sense. Lose those extra pounds with. Okay. He's just playing the lap bar with a killer workout. He's just doing. Oh! oh! The weights fell on him, sort of. He's okay. No, they didn't because they're. It's a weight machine. They can't fall on you. That's the whole reason you use. He weight hit machine. himself in the face with the lap bar. Oh! Wait, that oh, was that was a That's just a But then a dude crushed his skull with a dumbbell. <laughs> Whoa! Oh boy! Oh geez! This is bloody if you look this up at home. Presented in glorious VHS. This is, I would not. 
wait, what? Not coming to a theater near you? Why? It's only coming out in a local New York theater. Wait, was oh my god, that's wow. Apparently, there's another movie called Aerobicide, or oh, it was originally known as Aerobicide. Killer Workout, also known under the original title Aerobicide, is a 1987 American slasher film written and directed by David A. Pryor. Uh, the story revolves around a Los Angeles fitness club owned by Rhonda Johnson, whose twin sister Valerie was burned in a tanning salon two years ago. Detective Morgan wow. begins to investigate the gym after several of its members are brutally murdered by an unknown attacker. Very 1980s <laughs> schlock horror. Incredible. To look this is like, what if the Jersey Shore was a horror movie? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. God. <laughs> Trying to look at my Shocktober list, which I haven't. I have a. I have a day to make a new one. I'm trying to. Figure I'm out wondering, is this the year I finally watched day? the original uh, Halloween? Have you not Great seen movie it? Holds up. Is this yeah, the year I do it? Well, I've never had. I've never met a Carpenter movie I didn't like. So, uh, you should. You well, should. as long as you're talking like like pre like 1995. <laughs> <laughs> I'm mad that I can't find this other movie trailer that we watched that time. Um, I know. I'm look. Okay, it's not on my 2000. Was it not in a mall? That was in a mall. I also thought it was a no, mall. It was no, or like a j- like mall. some sort of like lifestyle, like like a like a like a like a strip mall. Even no, it was definitely an in, like, interior <sighs> mall. I thought it was. It's all right. People out there, <laughs> people out there will know. Get up, get up in my mentions. Yeah, we. We did a lot of hot mic mornings. I'm just looking now. We did yeah. like I in my mind it was like, oh, we did five of them or something. But really it looks like we did like fifteen of them. Which <laughs> is more. Um that was more than that, I feel like. Maybe. I don't know. It's a it's a few weeks. People should go to the YouTube and watch those hot mic mornings. They're yeah, really they're, good. They're great. Um I found it. I found it. <laughs> I just stalled long enough. Good. Uh Here's a movie phone. Why are we watching movie phone commercials? Who who decided to pay us money? It was Chopping Mall. We watched the Chopping Mall trailer. It was. It's not, no, there's, maybe that's the one we watched, but that's not the Wait, one I'm thinking Hot of. are Hot Mike mornings are monetized now? I, I, were they not originally? Yeah. Uh, was anything monetized, Austin? You know, uh, I'm going to bite my tongue. We We made good work. Uh, this is Chopping Mall. The thing that we watched was Chopping Mall. Death Spa. Death, Death Spa. Spa. Did we also watch Death Spa? I don't know, but that's the movie I was looking for. Okay. <laughs> Death Spa. Great. Great. Great, great movie. Like, legitimately, if, like, Death Spa is one of the most fun I've had. You you want a good night, get yourself some drinks and a, and a back-to-back Death Spa Chopping Mall. Like, you're good. I believe both of us have both had, like, recent Blu-ray restorations. Great. You're, you're, wow. you're in good shape. Known in Europe as Witch Bitch, Death Spa is an American horror film. What? Why? What? What? <laughs> I I want to be clear. Waypoint Radio does not necessarily co-sign either of these any of these films. I do not know nope. what their content is like. Do your research. How's everyone doing on this final pre-Halloween season day, which we've already been consumed by a by a lust for for the scary and spooky? What is what is how is everyone okay? Nothing is yeah. as scary as Khalil Mack. He's coming for you. <laughs> oh my God, he's behind you right now. Honestly, honestly, that that ball strip was incredible. 
The, the speed on that guy, unbelievable. Great player. Uh, we can't fall into football talk immediately. Even <laughs> no, though, that's the end of the, that's the, end end of the podcast. Of the podcast. Uh, we'll leave some space there for that because I think we probably have some stuff to catch up on. Uh, for now, I want to talk about video games. Uh, Kato is here. Games. Patrick is here. Rob is here. I am here. Uh, it is. It is. We're in the middle of the season, though. I think we're at a. Well, I would say we're in a lull. But really, what I mean is, we should record this podcast tomorrow because <laughs> tomorrow today is Breakpoint. Our Breakpoint codes all got active in the middle of the night, so we could check out Ghost Recon Breakpoint. And then tomorrow is Destiny. Is Destiny. that right? And yeah. today is also, of course, uh, Cube World releases broad for everyone who's been like just like chomping at the bit for that after <laughs> my hard sell last week. Um, uh, but what have people been playing? Does anyone uh, have something where they're like this, this, sh- I guess the thing I know is goose game. Other people played goose game, goose game. People played the goose. We Rob did. did blink. One eighty two did. Wait, did blink. One eighty two play the goose. Yeah. I guess they played uh TwitchCon or whatever this uh, weekend. And uh, Nathan <laughs> Grayson was covering it for Kotaku. And he went to the blink. One eighty two show at one point when, uh, you know, I, I don't know if it's the um, the UFO man or one of the, the other UFO ones. UFO man. Right? That's Blink-182. It, it is. Yeah. He left the band. I thought he left the band to find So UFOs, I heard about right? all this on Reply All because okay. they Tom did DeLonge, an entire right? episode yeah. unpacking. Yeah. yeah they, they did an entire episode unpacking a Casey Johnston tweet. Uh, shout out to Casey. Um, <laughs> but it was actually really funny trying to explain to the most normal person, I guess, at Reply All what Casey's uh, tweet about Area 51, but for going to Brett Stevens' house and calling him <laughs> a bug bug. Uh, <laughs> trying to explain to a normal, not online person right. what the joke is yes. and why that is funny required 45 minutes. And it reali- I realized, like, oh, my God, we all have, like, brain worms. We do have brain worms. being online. But, but also, I like it. There are brain worms. <laughs> the worms feel good. The worms. What if the worms? The worms. I, it... <laughs> I almost thought Kato. It's like uh, plas- what is it? T- plasmosis for the cats. I was about to. It's like plasmosis for the cats. I was about to point to you, Kato, and say, "You remember that thing that happened in Friends at the Table?" <laughs> Twitter is like that. Yeah. Twitter yeah. is like that. Friends at the Table <laughs> listeners know what I'm talking about. Oh, uh, yeah, it's Tom DeLonge. Tom. Any, wait, but were they just at TwitchCon or were they at TwitchCon and also the goose They're got playing. involved? Oh, they were okay. I got. You. I don't know. Yeah, it's. Well, I don't know. When, when, when someone. And I, that's not to the shade of Blink when they do. I listen to. I liked Blink when they do a lot when I was a kid. Uh, but yeah, they shouted out just like yo what's up with that goose game i love it i love that game and the crowd goes Woo! can i i had i had a secondhand story yesterday that is adjacent uh, to blink 182 because it's it's uh i'd say so someone told me yesterday that they were in a convert they were they're gonna go see uh, uh green day it's mm. the whatever the hella mega tour the green day uh weezer fallout boy tour that's going on right now mm. oh. and they told uh, they were telling me that they told another friend of theirs that they were doing that, and that person was that person was like, but they said to the other person was like, oh, I'm going to go see Fallout Boy soon, and that person was like, oh, sick, Fallout Boy, great, and they're like, oh, also Weezer and Green Day, and they're like, ugh, fuck them, and I think we've reached the point, right? Patrick has made the face that I made when I heard this story, <laughs> which is like, I don't understand if you like Fallout Boy. And I'm not dissing mm-hmm. Fallout Boy here, but I don't know that you sure, at this no. point get to like be on your high horse about Weezer no. and Green Day. All no. of the, we're not they're not like the hot new thing at this point. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it's not like I was like, I'm gonna go see Hundred Gex and Weezer's gonna be there. And you're like, you know what I mean? Like it's not uh-huh. mm. anyway, I I'm not judging anyone's musical tastes, but I think 
at this point, if you're going to go see a Fallout Boy show, except that they've moved on to a new era of their careers. There's a uh, reason they're touring together. Yeah, yes. Overlapping fan bases. Yes. Exactly. Like Those... Green Day was on the cutting edge, but that was called Dookie. And then at some point they started writing mostly pop songs. Right. And like getting political, which, you know, good for them. Good for but, them. Uh, I, guess, yeah, I don't go, know their politics. Go, also, go. Yeah. I, yeah, I I'm not. I'm not. I'm not a subscriber to the politics. I don't know enough about it. I just know that's kind of like the arc of where they where they went. Gotcha. Well, you know, uh, wake me up when September ends. Oh, I'm awake. It's September 30th. <laughs> yeah. uh, woke me up before September. Ends. Yeah, definitely. Goose game. You've played it. You like the goose. Goose. Have I misled you yeah. on the goose? You like you're happy with the goose. This is great. What a happy game. What is that? Just a just a smile. Just just the yeah. the best. Just fun. Just joyous. Did you all get stuck on any? This is my big thing. It was like mm. the not my big thing. My big thing is I love the goose. The goose game is great. I think it's a blast. Uh, I know Rob. You mentioned that that your partner also had not known about the goose until suddenly the goose was everywhere. Uh, and in general, I think the world is, uh, uh, aligned. Well, except for, I guess, except for the people who say the goose is an SJW, uh, Damn. which is a thing sure. that's happening right now because the discourse has completely gotten away from everyone. Well, it's because of that tweet, right? From oh, House House? I forgot about that tweet. Yeah. that's why. Is that why? Yeah. I thought it predated that tweet. I didn't think so. I, 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 I only explain, saw it today. Do you want to explain the tweet? Oh, the tweet was like somebody, uh, somebody, uh, added house house saying like, uh, I believe, uh, I enjoy this game a lot because I assume that this, all these town, this town is full of Brexiters, which is what I believed for sure. Right. And then house house responded like, no, actually they're Marxists. I, there's more to that tweet. I can't, I mean, it's a great tweet, but that is the, the gist of it was it's a tweet, very funny. The tweet. tweet is actually in our timeline, a goose chased Thatcher out of there office, yeah. spurring a Benite revolution and the irreparable decline of the Tory party. The villagers are Marxists, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and in that case, the goose isn't even but bothering make the goose a reactionary. No, no, no. Because I think, I think the goose in some ways is, Maybe a Trotskyist in the in the permanent revolution sense, uh, uh, which would you know we can debate for sure. But I think what the goose is there is to to kind of make sure that no one falls into old ideological habits and reminds people the the freedom of their time and their okay. day. It's you correcting I mean? deviationism. It, okay, now you've made me seem. Is the goose a tanky? <laughs> Seven right. minutes ago. Well, seven I'm minutes lost. ago. Twitter has given I'm us lost. brain worms. Can we go back to can we go back to Chopping Mall? That was more of my wheelhouse. I can't believe how quickly we got to jokes that only make sense if you follow Twitter bullshit. God damn it. Uh, uh, the thing I was gonna say before is there was there is there was one like stupid puzzle that I got stuck on in Goose Game that I thought was gone, but apparently it's gone in the PC and whatever is one other build, but the switch build hasn't gotten there yet. Uh, or, or maybe it's in process. And that was like one of the last puzzles in the game. And I saw someone else get stuck on that this weekend. And I was like, Oh, I wish I would have known that that puzzle was still in there. That glitch was still in there. Cause it's a bug. There's a bug that stops a puzzle from being solved. Huh? Uh, it's in the pub. There's a place where there's like, um, tomato crates that ne you need to use mm -hmm. for a puzzle oh. and they can get two of them can get stacked on each other with a t the top one closed which means an NPC can't interact with it which means doing the puzzle that involves them being there is impossible uh, and that sucks. what yeah but like um, in general 
I really like that game, and I'm 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 happy y'all did too. It's a fun game. It's a as you said, it's a happy game. It's a great yeah, end, I, great uh, ending. <laughs> yeah, a really good ending. Just like made me chuckle a lot. Um, and I, I'm with you, Austin. Like I get it. I you know I understand. I understand the the, the goose's yeah. plight. Uh, yeah. at, at that point. Um, yeah, I like like a, uh, a like a weird relation with puzzle games in which I enjoy playing them to the point uh, up until the point that I don't, which is to say the moment I start hitting like fr- like a wall in a puzzle game, mm. I get frustrated faster than any other type of game. Like l- look at the types of game like, like, you know, Mario Maker Mornings like is one in which like I indulge in my I have such a confidence in my ability to play like a platformer or even an action game. That like I enjoy being like yeah test me like you can't stop me like I'll find a way through like mm-hmm. I have infinite patience and infinite time <laughs> combine enough of those like I can persevere through the the, the biggest bullshit Kato has watched me do yeah. this with this this level I've been playing and the puzzle games because I don't have much of a confidence like I when I when I start to get stuck I spiral pretty quickly and which is why I enjoy games that have like robust like hint systems like a way like often what I want is and I found this once or twice in, in in Goose Game was that I don't want you know what guides do or provide you a solution what I want is a hint mm-hmm. um and it's difficult to tease that out in like walkthroughs or looking around like absent asking someone for for a hint um it's difficult to get that and so that's I like it when games include like I wish I could just be like you know pulled up the interface clicked on the one I'm having trouble with. And it just, even if it just showed an icon, right? Like something in the environment to like play around with this, like this, you know, this is a potential solution you could play with. Um, like, I think I mentioned to you, Austin, the one I got, uh, one I ended up looking up was uh, there's like a, there's a bust that needs to get some clothing on it. Like a, a statue that you need to get some clothes on. And I just didn't quite put together. Like I got really narrow focused, which is what happens to me in puzzle games is like, yeah. I get frustrated. Then I get narrowed in. I'm like, well, this must be the solution. I'm just not getting it here that I just ignore everything else. And it's not the kind of thing where I'll come back and it'll be better. Like I'll just get frustrated again. And so I just look it up and I get, I get over it. Like it's not one, like I get mad when I look up solutions in other types of uh, uh, environments, but like, I don't ever beat myself up for puzzle stuff because I want to keep going. And so I just don't get hung up on yeah. the couple that I don't get, especially when I, if I look it up and then the realization for me, there's like either two paths. One is like, ah, you doofus. Like you, you considered that and threw it away too quickly. Right. And then uh, the other world, which is more common, is like, oh, I just never even considered that as a possibility. So I don't even consider this cheating anymore because how would I have arrived at that solution? And totally. so like in that case, I just never even considered what it was doing. And I, it was obvious in retrospect, but uh, like a great compliment to, to Goose Game is that that rarely ever happened to me. Like it happened once or twice and uh, – the, it, in most puzzle games that happens a lot more often. So I just feel like it's very finely tuned, probably provides a lot of different ways to solve puzzles in a way actually, that accounts for no. What? what yeah. I was going to say like, actually I feel like it doesn't. I feel like a lot of those things or like at least some of like, uh, uh, I've ran into this a couple times where I was like, Oh, surely I can do X mm, and I did X right. and it seemed like X would make Y happen. Right. And it, Y did mm. not happen in a way that, it felt like, oh, we set up this objective with one solution. Right. Um, I could get more because it like what's what's which area are you thinking? Uh, about? the backyards. 
Where that's the same place. Same as the place. Bus. Yeah, that was with definitely the, with the, the, the two neighbors. The two neighbors. Yeah, which is like neighbors. one of my favorite places. Yeah, in terms of just like the characters that are there, yeah, and like their interactions and stuff like that. But you're, but I also think though that's the place with some of my least favorite objectives. Yeah, because like the bust one, the the again for the for people listening, the bust one was like dress this this kind of like bust that's on a pedestal, mm-hmm. right? Um, and one, it's a goofy. Like they're all funny, goofy things, but yeah. it's like part of the reason why it's so difficult to to think about is is that like how am I going to know how these characters are going to react to what they see versus like yeah. the the way that 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 solution uh, you arrive at that solution you really have to take a leap about how one of the NPCs is going to react right um, uh, or you just try shit until something until happens, something happens. right um, but or, my, or like, like one if, for example like my one of the ones I had trouble there was like well there and this isn't a spoiler because this isn't a solution is that uh, <laughs> like there's a um, uh, uh, was like a ribbon or something yes. like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, like it's on, on the left-hand side. And I figured, oh, cool. Like I, I'll pick this up and I'll just go put it there. And it's like, oh, that's not the interaction. Well, then how Got the hell do I get you. stuff on here? And so like right. there are times where the game presents, seems like it should at least have a reaction that tells you no. And I think that some of the times I got into trouble and so I was like, Kato got in the sewers. Like you're just not sure what the game is like, what it's going to do. Because And it, part of the surprise of, of Goose Game is like, unexpected things happen right but that makes it sometimes frustrating as you're working your way towards a possible solution because it's you're it, be, it isn't always clear am i screwing this up or am i just not like prompting the game to do it in a more specific way that would lead me <coughs> to the right thing that- mine was more of a sy- systems like i expected systems to work a certain way where they didn't specifically like ai like like character reaction interaction. okay like I don't know. Like, I, I kind of, it's like it's like which is the which is the what was the problem? Uh, was the, the problem was make the guy go barefoot. Okay. And I did something mm. dealing with um, making him stand up and go to a place gotcha. where I think he would like. Where you thought he would take his, his right. I tried then, that too, and that doesn't do it. Does, right. but like it feels like it. Given the way that like the characters move and interact, and like you think of them as like quote unquote like simulated humans. It would, it would make have, sense for him to. It was in his character to have right. taken his slippers off before right. he did the and thing. And I feel like there are like other little bits like that where it's like, oh, I found a different solution that makes right. sense technically, but in the tabletop role playing untitled Goose Game, right? That you would have that would have worked. The GM would have been like, oh, that was not the intention I planned for, but absolutely, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Um, um, or the Goose small... Game that was even more like Hitman that had right. like a ton more AI stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, with, with each character. My favorite stuff was the stuff that does that does not have that same sort of like here's the one clear solution. Right. The bust one is a great example of the stuff I didn't like. It's like here's the one way to make this work for sure. Here's the solution. Yeah. Whereas stuff like um, in the marketplace, the stuff that deals with the kid and like mm, the kid's yeah. glasses or there's a market – there's a, one of the things in the marketplace or the kind of like main street area that is like make someone purchase their own stuff back. Yeah. I think there's a couple of ways to do that. Right. And like or, – or at least it seemed like there were – I picked one particular but I bet I could have done it with another thing too. Yeah. Um, and that felt good and like felt like – like ah okay this is this is like I'm playing in this space yeah, versus sure. just finding the one true solution yeah. you know um, goose game goose game I want a, I want DLC yeah I want more like a more spaces different people. I want yeah, yeah I want more spaces I want different people uh, honestly house house reach out a honk I'll, I'll <laughs> let me do a honk pack I would love to do a honk pack. Shout out to Two Mellow oh, for, that, for would actually be, that would actually be funny if it they would be did. So funny! Oh my god! Listen, I'm just we'll make Customized it work. Honks. Customized honks, like Dota announcer packs, yeah. honk packs. Honk oh packs. my god! Please get Snoop to do a it. honk pack. 
Oh you know God. what I mean? <laughs> Chrissy Teigen's out here tweeting about it. Get John Legend, get Chrissy to come through and do honk packs. Like, please. <laughs> well, get me. I'm telling you. You know what? I, I want to hear. I want to hear John Legend's honk. Me too. Oh, mm. What a son- what, mm. what a sonorous mm. honk. John Legend. Chocolate offer. Galaxy begins to play. Produce <laughs> honks. It. Incredible. The child. Like, change, change the music too. Like the the honk produces like a different oh. ambient soundtrack to go oh. along with it. Damn. Well, also you get John Legend on the piano. So yeah, it's right. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is brilliant. They should let us make games. <laughs> I don't know what the industry is doing. God. Um, briefly, uh, I do want to shout it's out. Also, like just, just. Oh, I was, it's just long ahead. enough too. Like it has like a really yeah. nice arc where yeah. like mm, it, I, like finished it in a weekend. You know, just kind of putzing with it. You know, over a course of a couple of hours and just. The fact that it like leaves you wanting more, but not in a way that like I necessarily wanted to play any more of it now. It's more one of those like, yeah, like in six months, if you just told me like here's three new areas, like yeah. yes, like mm-hmm. absolutely. Totally. Hell, I, did you start any of those uh post post credits objectives? No, I, I <laughs> you know, I was fun it was fun to come across, you know, a handful of them, yeah. you know, by accident right. um during uh play, but some of them seem so involved that like some of the stuff that I did get frustrated in the game was like with the way like the collision detection works with like the way they kind of muscle the goose around. And it right. just felt like some of those were maybe going to be like me fighting with the game in a way that I, I didn't want to, but I didn't take a really close look at them, but they, they seem fun. They just seem They're like neat. a lot more involved. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they often have, they often involve two or more areas. Like yeah. you're supposed to like make things cross over between the little spaces that they had separated out before. So I did one of them, which was which is neat. I would lo- I would love to see them cute. play with stuff like that yeah. in like an expansion or something where they maybe just like open up the scope of it uh, a little bit. But if they you know they want to do just three little small areas again, I'm also whatever. <laughs> what goose people do whatever you need to do. <laughs> I trust you. The uh, the goose. thing I wanted to shout out really quick is um uh for older games I think like. It hasn't been updated in a while. There haven't been new ones, but the universal hint system is super good for giving mm-hmm. you, Patrick, the thing that you're talking about, um, where where like there is a puzzle and you don't want the solution. You want a hint. Um, I'm trying to think of a game to like test this with. Does anyone have like an older puzzle game that's that's or, like an adventure game that you like that, you know, a sol- it, it doesn't matter. You get the thing I'm talking about where it's like mm-hmm. it will yeah. be instead of it being like like if there was one for Goose Game. And the one was like, make the kid change his, his put on the wrong glasses, which is one of the objectives. It would be the first yeah. hint would just be like, pay attention to, to his loop. Like, watch what happens. You know, take note of what he does. And then the second would be like, take a look at the marketplace and like very slowly lead you to where you might make a decision. If you play yeah. old adventure games, it's super useful because mm. you still get some of that little like the little buzz of solving a puzzle without losing all of it. Right. Though you do definitely get those moments where you're like, oh, I can't believe I didn't look in the file cabinet like, or, or whatever. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, uh, Could have used that when I played Tex Murphy games in the 90s dude. and started racking up bills on 1 900 oh, numbers. No. That's, Whoops! Didn't didn't legitimately didn't know that cost money, um, or maybe heard it and just blew past it. And whoops! Hey, why did you get? Why is there sixty five dollars in one nine hundred calls? That's I, I didn't know how to get past the clown in Under a Killing Moon. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm now. I'm wondering. Like, is that in here? Under the Killing Moon. Well, hold on. Uh-huh. You talking about the the clown store where the clown's gone missing? I think so. I think so. Yeah. How far yeah. into the game is that? 
That's that's like the first thing you have to deal with, Austin. <laughs> like you walk out your apartment and you like stumble onto the mystery of why did the clown store suddenly close without Ooh. warning? Why? And the answer is because the clown got murdered <gasps> and was dissolved in a vat of acid that was kept oh, in the Jesus. clown store. Unbelievable. Um, why would they keep a clown there? What? Or the acid, a vat of well, acid. Hey, yeah, I was saying you're asking the wrong the question, Austin. Why, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Why'd they keep the clown there or the vat of acid? <laughs> I, you gotta put a vat of acid somewhere. Yeah. I always try to keep my vats of acid away from my clowns. So, under Killing Moon, then you get jokers. You don't want that. Really That's absurd puzzles. Mm. Yeah. Um, but Pandora Directive was just merciless. Like that game had so that game had a really forward-thinking hint system, which was that you went into a menu and it would give you like little hints for the puzzles. But eventually, like if you kept asking for hints, I think the game made the decision for you that like oh. maybe you just want to play story mode and not puzzle mode and a lot of hard but optional puzzles i think vanished from the game like entirely Um, not just like yeah but the decision Mm. if if memory serves it was taken out of your hands Mm, like i want to say like i felt so shamed by pandora directive (laughs) that i just like hit a screeching halt but that game was really asking more that was the area 51 one right like with the aliens yeah probably their best game that one was like genuinely creepy mm-hmm. and eerie in a way that under a killing moon would sometimes play around with that. But those games were always ridiculous. Pandora directive, I think was in that sweet spot that FMV games sometimes found of being sincere in telling the story as best as it possibly could. While it is still kind of a work of camp just because of the inherent nature of the FMV adventure. Uh, but yeah, Pandora directive I remember being genuinely creepy and uh, spooky, but not necessarily in sort of the not as self-referential as the Tex Murphy games got. What a mm-hmm. game. The uh, here's yeah, there is as an example of how this universal hint system works. There is one here which is like, uh, how do I survive the this interrogation in Pandora Directive? Jackson crosses interrogation, and like the first hint is well, first. I was like save your game because this can go bad. <laughs> then the first hint is try to play the smart guy a little, but don't exaggerate. This guy is pointing a gun at you. And it's like, all right, okay. That's like a general strategy. But if you go through the next five things, eventually it's like, here is one solution. The third answer, the third answer, the second answer, the third answer. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it like, it sucks to, it would suck to look at yeah. a walkthrough and just be like, all right, C, 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 B, yeah. C, A, you know? Yeah. Right. Um, I like it. It's good. That's a, it's, it's a nice system that, that I see like. Who writes those? Fans. It's like, it's the same thing, okay. same types of people who make the game facts, you know, right. or who make, or do yeah, walkthroughs yeah. or wikis. Um, again, I don't know that there's been a new Universal Hint System update in the last five years, uh, but it's a cool system and it's a cool like way of, of thinking about uh that style of hints and, and walkthroughs. Um, Rob, I think you've been playing the two things most opposite Goose game by, <laughs> by, by your look, by your list. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe maybe I'm only thinking about that aesthetically and thematically, but maybe in play, there's a similar style of improvisational chaos making. Um, the things that, that you've written down here are close combat, the bloody first, which is which is the opposite in word of Untitled Goose Game. This is the most titled war game. Uh, and then, of course, Ghost Recon Breakpoint. Did you just start playing that today, Breakpoint? Yeah, but only a little like, bit. Okay, I'm like three hours in. Okay. Real quick then on that, what do you? how are you feeling about that in those first three hours? Oh, I think it's interesting. 
Um, <laughs> like this is there. There are things that game does pretty well. And then there are the politics of the game, which I find fascinating so far. Yeah. Um, like possibly just hysterically funny, but also interesting. Uh, so yeah, Ghost Recon Breakpoint. Um, where to begin? So you are sent in. So it, uh, like the game opens on sort of your classic utopian startup. A promo video for why you should join the Skell Corporation. And I know like Skell is a name, but at the same time <laughs> in my head, Skell is also what every character in NYPD Blue called suspects back in the day. Mm. So like the Skell Corporation, I can just hear like Andy Sipkowitz being like, I'm gonna I'm gonna shake down these skells. God, uh, you know, it's just like basically like Skell equaled Shitbird, right? And right. Blue. Speak. Also, it, it so, makes me think Skeleton. It make I mean, it makes me think of the mechs from Xeno from Xenoblade Chronicles X. But mostly skeletons is what it makes me think of because I'm I'm basic, uh, and to that degree, it makes me think of like Margaret Atwood's decision to name the libertarian security private security company in her dystopic future setting, the corpse core, like corpse sec core where like, so on the nose that it hurts. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, are they, are they nice? Is it a nice tech startup company? Well, maybe at one time oh. but then it was, so it, it's very funny. Like all you know is this company bought this island in the South Pacific somewhere. Who knows? Great. Uh, it, it, it sort of <laughs> takes place. Not getting sued in, by a country this time. Got yep. it. It, ta- it takes place in a, uh, you know, jungle elsewhere. That's basically the, the, the setting. And all you know is this corporation bought this island to do create world 2.0 some sort of libertarian utopian uh like garbage fantasy of technology and sustainability uh all all brought to you by advanced the unrestricted research into automation and robotics sure and then obviously something goes wrong cut to uh the ghost recon team being sent to the island to figure out what has gone wrong why has the island gone silent in no time at all before your choppers can even get there, your force is attacked by some kind of uh, like flock of birds. It's very much like the krill uh, from Gears. Gears like just, yeah. you, get, you, you get brought down like a swarm of locusts. But were they locusts or were they nano locusts? <laughs> it's, and it's the latter, right? It's probably the latter. It's nano. The game, pr- like the game, really wants like you to wonder about this. You have to. There's so. There's a lot of mysteries in Ghost Recon Breakpoint. There's literally quests where you have to answer various questions about what is going on at the island. Huh. And so one of the first things you encounter as you're recovering from the crash and you're trying to find survivors by going from one crash helicopter to the next, you trigger a cutscene where John Bernthal's character. Cole D. Walker just walks up behind the ghost from and one execute piece, right? him with like a, pardon? Don't oh, sorry. Yeah. I couldn't stop myself from making a bad anime, anime joke. joke. Keep going. <laughs> yeah. Just executes due to the massive like Desert Eagle pistol. And everyone's like, uh, Walker, no. And they recognize who he is. 
and he's not an established uh, character or he they back they added him as dlc to yeah. ghost recon wild wildlands wildlands right right yeah i gotcha but he was not an established character before that right that was not no okay not really his deal is he used Uh, to be a ghost right he used to be a ghost recon or a yeah tier one operator or okay you you get that cutscene, but then what that opens up is in your like uh quest log for questions about the island to answer one of the things that pops up is who is the mysterious mercenary leading the force of mystery <laughs> soldiers on the island of Aurora. And I'm like, well, I heard that co- guy just like straight up say like, Cole, Cole Walker, what are you, what are you doing? But Universal you have to system. go and like, who was in all the trailers? <laughs> Number two, the guy you just saw in that, in that cut scene a second ago, that guy, what was, they just said his name. It's, it's like a popular big actor who's been paid a lot of money. <laughs> it's like in, um, a lot of popular fiction, the questions for book clubs that increasingly yes, popped yes. up at the back of the books, like that is now a game mechanic in Breakpoint. Uh, who are the ghosts? Uh, no, sorry. Who <laughs> are the wolves? Um, what was the Skell Corporation doing on Aurora? Where is Jay Skell? Where is he? The CEO of Nobody Knows, Austin. Oh, shit. Do you get who anything for, for answering these questions? Are these like XP? Okay, got you. You know what? But you, but it mostly it is a, it's an funny. excuse to go around. <laughs> t- pardon? I said it's funny. I said you know what? It's funny. It's kind of, like I, I'm not. I don't hate it. I don't hate the idea of, hate re- of like of like basic reading comprehension questions. Yeah. <laughs> even though I kind of think it's goofy and very much the end result of like no motherfucker. We put work into telling a story in this game. We're we're going to incentivize you not to skip the cutscenes this time. It's you can funny. level, asshole. <laughs> yeah. Uh, except that's not really going to incentivize it because as soon as you've triggered like your character learning that information, like the mystery is solved, right. et cetera. Okay. Um, in addition to that, there's uh, of course lots of different flavors of collectibles. There's memorabilia from your time with the ghosts when you better days when you were friends with Cole. Just and on this, you, full, this like just distant lying around island this island, dude. That you've never you been know. to before. I walked up to a cabin that I swear to God I'd never seen before in my life. Like <laughs> literally, I just walked up to this cabin on a lake, and there was like a Polaroid photo mm. of a really bad render of Bernthal's character, and I mm. think the dude he murdered in that cutscene. Great, sick. And there's a little note from Cole being like. Hey, just a little memento of our times in the suck. You guys will always be my brothers. Cole. Quite and uh, sweat time in the what there? In the in this, the suck. Can I get the what you know, like when they were they were in the shit. They were deployed. Like, oh, okay. this is Is that what they call that? Do they say our time in the one suck? One of the many things, yes. <laughs> I mean in real life. Is that a thing? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, sometimes yeah. People are like, welcome to the sock. Yeah, that, that's a thing. <laughs> welcome to the sock. It's like, okay. Yeah. I'm um, listen. I these are. I don't even go here. So how am I supposed to? I guess you yeah, know. No, like you might be sent to the sandbox, but th- that doesn't necessarily mean you were in the sock. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, 
but in this case, he was both in the sandbox and in the sock. Somebody asks your character, Did you, do you know Cole Walker? And literally your character model with kind of like sort of lifeless, but like really realistically rendered eyes mm. sort of stares off into the middle distance. And then a cutscene loads <laughs> of a John Barenthal character model dragging your character um, into cover in some sort of gun battle. Mm. It's very funny. Um, but the other, the other goofy thing here is, so there's a lot of different factions on this island. There are homesteaders who are uh, people. Uh, uh-huh. So the history of this island, uh, I'm not yet clear on whether there was any native population on the island whatsoever, but it used to be a U.S. Navy base after World War II. The Navy sold the base to the Scal Corporation, mm. but a lot of people who would sort of because all like a lot of bases have like a community built up around them. A lot sure. of people elected to stay after the base was sold, and they became homesteaders. Mm. And so they are kind of what passed for the not necessarily indigenous population of the island, but they're the civilian population of the island. Hmm. Then the Scal Corporation showed up and brought. In addition to the researchers at the Scalcor Corporation, there are also like startups that formed around it. Huh. So it's like an incubator island. And so there are people, I swear to God, dude, you go to the first, like the hideout of the rebel base. And first of all, you know, these are the good guys because as opposed to the bad guy layers, which are all done up in like Danish minimalism uh, with lots of like polymer materials. Mm -hmm. The good guy base is lots of like, like reclaimed industrial aesthetic. Sure. Uh, Edison bulbs, Uh uh, distressed materials. Right. uh, Very homey. Yeah. Yeah. That's very funny. You you go there and you find these guys working on a water wheel power generator. Okay, (laughs) cool. Homesteaders. Yeah, well, you know, this is their secret base, and they built. Yeah, I got you. No, I just, I just yeah. think that it's yeah, it's on the nose again. Well, we, hold on. Okay, wait till this dude tells you what his deal is. So he's like, man, I could really create a better generator if I had my three D printer that my startup was working on. And you're like, <sighs> oh, what what kind of three D printer? And he's like, oh, it was the best kind, like. You could create like moving parts and all sorts of advanced materials. But of course the military showed up and took it and used it for like weapons. But he was like, but Hey, you might be able to get us stuff for a better generator. If you go to my old startup and talk to my old buddy, uh, so-and-so. And so you, go and you find his startup just sort of planted there in the middle of like a jungle clearing. And it's very funny in that it is very Silicon Valley, like modern workplace. So you go there and it's a little bit of that. And it's a little bit of surveillance capitalism. Mm. The minute you walk in, there's lots of like positive messages from the PA system, encouraging the workers to just, relax like you know it's a it's a it's a fun workplace it's not like a nor- normal job uh it's it's also a community it's a bit like a family oh wow and yeah and the funny thing is though the minute you begin doing things 
all of that becomes aware of you and all the signage flips to like there is an intruder and you start hearing the PA like tell people to like stay calm security forces are coming and this is where this game actually gets pretty good uh, it sounds like you're describing a Bioshock game like from the obviously from the like the jump of libertarian island caught in conflict between various internal forces but like now you're talking about environmental storytelling through like not not blood graffiti, but like the the, the sort of like uh, dynamic aware uh, like uh, at least a PA system and and you know wall signage and stuff like that. Like is that is that where this is going? Uh, I think it might be because there's like other factions that haven't been totally explained yet. Like everyone is running for cover from the Sentinels, which are not the wolves. Yeah, I no, don't that's, like know what the Sentinels deal is. Uh, Senator Trask um, put forward a uh, a new legislation. Uh, I think you know, in, for all humanity, yeah. um, to just we should know where the mutants are. Eradicate mutant scores. Yeah, exactly. I just think <laughs> Genosha is right there. Is that the name of this? Is this island Genosha? What's, oh my god. <laughs> anyway, we gotta knock it on our X Men yeah. shit. I really want to read this new X Men run. Anyway, continue. That's good. So where this game gets kind of good, though, is you are incredibly powerful up until the minute you start, like, shooting it out in a stand-up firefight, Mm. at which point things begin to get away from you fast. Like, the feeling of vulnerability I get playing this game is pretty cool. Like, you're there and you get the warning that, like, like, ah, the alarm has been sounded, reinforcements are on the way. When those reinforcements arrive, it might mean some extra dudes to kill. Um, that's not necessarily a huge problem. But where you start running into pro- like real trouble is if they send, for instance, drone support, which will just watch from above and keep tabs on you and continually mark your locations that you can't get into stealth. Um, and other enemies seem to use that drone's information to vector in on you. And once they know where you are, like, they don't shoot super accurately, but they shoot a lot. Right. And things begin to spiral away from you really quickly in a way that I found really satisfying. Like the sort of paranoia, like there was this point, this started getting in my head enough. There's this point where I was on the roof of a building and I felt this jolt of panic because I heard a helicopter coming in. And because they're they're constantly flying patrols, there's right. at this point were you seen drones. yet, or are you in stealth at this point? Part. Were you in stealth while you're on this roof, or were you already picked up? I wasn't in combat, okay. uh, but I also wasn't in cover. So like, I had not been observed, but sure. there was no way to achieve stealth because I was on basically an empty roof. And they were bringing a fucking helicopter in, which is definitely going to see I you. Thought if so. Oh. It was HVAC units, though. I was like, holy shit, where's the <laughs> helicopter coming from? And, like, after a minute, the drone didn't change pitch. Good. And I was like, wait, is that Great. the... That's and it was funny. the HVACs uh, turning. It was four HVACs that were running. Um, but there's this there's this constant feeling of, like, when the drones fly overhead, when the helicopters fly overhead, and you get the warning that they are, like, you are in a location where you can be seen, and the stealth meter is filling up. Uh that is something that I've learned pretty quickly not to screw around with. Mm. Uh, but there are places where the things you're trying to do is not going to be a quick elimination of an isolated patrol. Like if you're trying to take, I'm trying to get this up uh, part, this, this component from a convoy that has a armored vehicle and then two escorts and they call for reinforcements, trying to get that all done before surveillance drones and att- attack drones begin showing up 
is proving really, really tough. And even though I've got a lot of equipment and a lot of like super abilities that help me like get into cover and uh, sort of become invisible to surveillance temporarily, I still can't stay ahead of the curve Mm -hmm. uh, with enemy response. And so it does feel it, it does address something that I kind of felt frustrated about with some of the more recent evolution of the Ghost Recon series, which is that traditionally this was kind of a semi-stealth series. It was kind of a, a tactical series, but it had started to feel like you were so supercharged yeah. that you didn't really have to care about that. So far, at least, and it's early, so I haven't unlocked a bunch of stuff. So far, I really do. And so I do kind of have this feeling of being at once the hunter and the hunted. Are you right? have that you, like have you done so it sounds like you're playing like the stealth class because this is a class based game now and you can switch classes mm-hmm. and stuff, but it sounds like you're playing the stealth one. Have you tried out any of the other stuff to see if like, well, as an assault, I can stand toe to toe a little stronger or anything like that? It's more of a so I, I haven't, and there are different approaches that those things can encourage. But at the same time, what mostly what they change is your tactical profile is the guess is, okay. is the way I put it. They don't necessarily change the underlying dynamics of the combat and the encounters in this game. So like right now, yeah, I'm the I'm the Panther. I can Excuse pop me? smoke bomb. <laughs> yeah, I'm the Panther class. Um, and I, like I just wish we could capture in podcast form or yeah, Rob's movements. Would he like he was a he kind of shut like kind of snuck up on the mic, yeah. and, like, got his hands up like he was. Ooh, I'm a, is I'm that a, what a Panther did? I'm I was a like Panther. Yeah, Panther. <laughs> what are the? Yeah, uh, it's a predatory wild cat, <laughs> like Patrick. Like yes, that's what a Panther does. So I was wondering, do, I cats was wondering sneak, how... do cats sneak around? I don't know, man. You ever heard, was... you ever met a fucking cat? I was wondering how long I could string that out because the, the look that the look of just complete just so mad as soon as Austin and I started doing it. Dead man stand. This these motherfuckers. Yes, that's what a panther said. Yeah. You they, Y'all saw Black Panther. <laughs> That's what he does. He could be stealthier. He could be stealthier. To be fair, to be- that dude could probably use the camo abilities that Wakanda specializes in. He could probably use those to slightly better effect than he does. Are the other are the other classes all animal based, or is it just the panther? Oh like, yeah, dude! It's, it's like, like the, the eagle. Ooh, uh, my, there might be a viper. I don't know, uh, but so my my class tends to be a little bit more like strike and then run like hell. So mm. I like I think the big thing is I have I have like a body spray that okay. makes me invisible to drones. Um, <laughs> Shut the fuck up! Spraying yeah. yourself with that makes sense. That makes sense. Axe. Axe. Panther. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Panther by axe. Here's what it won't attract. Drone. <laughs> Great. On, you know, honestly, I mean, so that is a part of this game that actually really, the two, the story that you just told me is like set pieces that have like 
fun, interesting environmental design and, and some like light storytelling stuff. Some cool factions, like not necessarily cool factions, but factions that have the potential to interact with each other in ways that might actually not be shitty uh, and might actually be pretty interesting. And then you've also told me stories that make me think that this game is in the like Wildlands was already sort of there um, in terms of like. Uh, kind of environmental storytelling and um, uh, or like kind of emergent narrative stuff, emergent gameplay stuff uh, in the line of like Metal Gear Solid 5, Far Cry 2, etc. But you felt so powerful in Wildlands. You had this crew of people with you the whole time that could just like mow down anybody or like quote unquote sink shot your way through a base where you just were just invincible. Um, it sounds like this leans more in that direction of like putting you into harm's way so that you need to find creative solutions to get out of it. Or I guess using your anti-drone body spray. Uh, but still, still. Well, yeah, it's – so the things I'm interested in the most – for one thing, I should say I am pushing it in a direction. Like I could sure. – the game really is aggressively trying to get you to like squat up with people. And go do these missions with them, but for one, for one thing, I kind of am curious about the story, and so I'm not like keen to dive into the co-op experience uh, because that's just not going to give me time to linger over that. Right. I am curious how that stuff changes the play experience. Whether those dynamics that I described, where you quickly get overmatched, do you can you even get overmatched if suddenly you're part of a fire team of four? Everyone has their class abilities. Like, does anything stop you from just wrecking? Uh, well, through a mission, I did watch the seven minute long. I think it was actually six minutes, five and a half minute long. Little Wayne, uh, Little Wayne uh, Ghost Recon Breakpoint trailer that just goes on and on and on. Uh, and a key, a key point of that trailer is Little Wayne getting them into trouble that they can't dig themselves out of because he's not a very conscientious teammate. Um, also, at some point, classic I, Little Wayne. Yeah, it's cla- he's just it's classic. It's classic him. Uh, <laughs> at some point, a, a dog or something is licking him, and they they think that it is the sounds of sex happening. His teammates and they get very confused. It's not a particularly good trailer. Wow, that is uh, that that is some weak skit material. Oh, dog! It is uh, rough. What? It is rough. Tunchi needs them checks, though. I guess, like, I mean, literally, there's a, a point early on in the trailer where he's like, no, I don't want to do a, a trailer for a video game. Wait, how much? Literally in the trailer. <laughs> well, so the anyway, my point is they are selling it as they are selling it on the notion that things still continue to go wrong. It is they like of the visions of the various trailers they could have made. It was not the one of like you and your squad will feel invincible. It was very much the like. What hijinks are you going to get up to? How are you going to dig yourself out of this one? I'm curious to see if that is in the... I mean, what I'll say about Wildlands was actually playing with another human was actually tougher than playing alone because playing alone meant you had impervious AI buddies who were always perfect with their accuracy and never rushed ahead into anything and only (laughs) did what I wanted them to do. Like, that's going to be easier. But but once I put on that panther spray, I'm ready. (laughs) (laughs) Um... Hey, boys, you want to turn the panther loose? <laughs> Sorry, too late. <laughs> That's it. Well, the panther is out of his cage. Yes, yes. Oh, oh God. Jesus but Christ. I'm also just really, like, I am really curious where it's going to go with the story because it's already so absurd. Right. Where it's like we're on libertarian, uh, <laughs> like, libertarian... 
Sam- billionaire right. right like silicon valley culture start like uh country and then they have brought in a bunch of people who are not serving like the uber court because this is the new model of oh we're also gonna be an incubator for new companies and so there's all of these like poor schleps who are showing up with their startup idea who like have found themselves trapped by the fucking uh like drone swarms that like have turned this place into brigadoon basically um and i am curious what direction it's going to go with this because on the one hand there is something there about there's an ambivalence here I find really interesting, which is that so much of this game and what makes it kind of an eerie or tense experience is this idea of you are just walking around and suddenly you become aware that something is just orbiting above and you are like, um, you know, a bug stuck in a collection. Basically, right. you cannot escape this thing's view. Uh, and it just being there means there's a good chance that you can be targeted at any moment. Uh, for like a missile strike or for uh, troops to show up and wipe you out. And what is interesting there is, of course, this is in many ways just you being on the receiving end of what is what has become the American way of war in what are called like low intensity conflict situations. Gotcha. Right. Yeah. Uh, And so it's this weird thing of this is very much a game where it is like leveraging the dystopian or horrific aspects of what it is like to face the American war machine. But then it has no self-awareness so far, at least of, Hey, we used to be on the end of this that wielded this power against people. And we never thought twice about it. Now one of us has gone rogue and is using the same tactics against us. And I'm curious, like, is the game ever going to square that like well, look this in the face? It's doubly interesting because it's using that. It, it sounds like it's deploying that exact same perspective, ideological perspective with technology of like, well, I just make 3D printers, man. Yeah, of course, one could go rogue and someone could use it for bad. But technology like military tactics are only as good or bad as the people who use them, which is a position that I, I suspect most of us are very skeptical of, <laughs> that we understand that technology has politics and history and that like it is not just a thing that floats in the ether. So I'm curious to see yeah, if it confronts that, because in the version of this game that we both, I'm sure, dream would exist. The big third act revelation is just like, no, like you can't just put things out in the world and hope that good people use them. Sometimes things have momentum and you have to like confront that fact. Uh, but but also, uh, I have, I don't, I, it's it's almost more like I'm interested to see how, where they hit the brakes and, and decide yeah. to like swerve off the well, ramp, go to the off ramp where they can't do the, the work. You know what I mean? Well, and you have little weird hints like, so this game just loves the fucking troops so much. And so a lot of the homesteaders are ex-military or ex-military families because, of course, they stayed after the naval after base the war, was shut down. War. Right, yeah, sure. The first dude you meet who's like the faction leader for this for these rebels is an ex-Marine. And he's like, I'll do, you know, look, I don't want any part of your fight, but at the same time, any anyone who wears green is my brother. Uh <laughs> And then there's sort of a joke of like, hey, if we get a message off the island, uh, the USS Wasp is nearby and can send help. And it was like, the Wasp? I don't know if I, I fancy the idea of a bunch of squids running around the island. <laughs> and the guy's <laughs> like, don't worry, they'll send jarheads too. And he was like, well, all right then. And so it's all just 
literally the island has been taken over by rogue private military contractors mm-hmm. uh, and like rogue like rogue soldiers. But then also the only population on the island so far appears to be retired veterans. And it's all like, Good, <laughs> you know, yeah. those inner service rivals, yeah. uh-huh. rivalries we love to have. But also, is it, is it a situation um, where it's like, you know, the the veterans might be soldiers, but they're real soldiers. They're not soldiers for pay. They're, they're good old boys who serve for their country, who have a degree of like uh, uh, camaraderie that forged in blood and fire. Like that style of like rah rah, yeah. contrasting it with modern day PMC shit. I mean, that's like the whole thing, right? Is that Barenthal's character used to be like a top tier soldier and has gone PMC? Uh, they showed us a cutscene when I saw this game back six months ago or whatever that was him considering joining a pmc while in iraq uh, i believe it was in iraq uh uh and be like hmm you know maybe i should get out, out of this place and and uh, i will say that that scene when they showed it to us was interesting in the sense that it did lean on that idea of the american military machine as being like grotesquely powerful um it was a scene in which his character was hanging out with Either yours or another NPC. Yours. Is that yours? Is no, it's the, yours. The, I'm talking yeah, about the, you're, the, you're the sniper. sniper. Okay. That scene is He's the scout, kind the of good because your character ends up just picking these people off from forever away. People who have no capability of returning fire, no capability of like actually putting hands on you. Um, and yeah, I guess yeah, he's scouting for you as you're just like sniping people from, from you know – a thousand yards away or whatever. And I thought that was actually fairly solid in terms of communicating. But what it isn't necessarily doing is critiquing that that deployment of power, right? It is very much like, yo, look at how powerful the United States Army is. But that is, if you're at home and you're like, yeah, hell yeah, it is, then I don't know that it's doing what I would like it to do, <laughs> you know, obviously. Right. The, the scene, the, the, the closest parallel for that scene, a few weeks later when I got back, I saw it, is, uh, we may have talked about this briefly, but... Uh, it's a lot like that scene in season two of Barry mm. where he tells the story of his first kills, I think in Afghanistan and everyone assumes he's telling one kind of story, but mm-hmm. when we see his actual flashback of it, it is horrific. He's just on a mountainside picking off people who may not even be combatants, uh, like may not even mean him any harm at all. Right. Uh, and that scene becomes a real horror show because it is just kind of killing for the sake of killing. The ghost recon scene, it's this weird thing where I'm not sure the game knows what it's depicting is <laughs> fucked up. Right. But literally there's a point where Barenthal's like, hey, don't kill that guy. Let let uh he's wounded. Let let his friends come out to, right. to rescue him. And then your character <laughs> shoots them. And to me, it's like, ah, hey, you're both pretty implicated in if not a literal war crime, I, I don't know what the rules of war are there. They're not they're not medics. Right. Uh, but at the same time, you did just use a comrade in distress to lure out, you know, his friends and then kill them. Right. Uh, the, does the game have any feelings about that? Does your character have any feelings about that? And my suspicion is not really, because I think the line this game is going to walk is this is how uh, topical apoliticism tends to work, I think, in games, which is that any reading can be supported. Right. The thing that you want to see is kind of in there, but the game will never declare, uh, this is, look, 
these are some important messages. These are some things we want you to think about. It will never actually say that, but you will come away from it feeling away. And by isn't that what that isn't that what that writer or that that in that Steven Satillo interview with like the Ubisoft like story chief yes. wasn't that one of those quotes where he was like, "Oh, actually, we want to represent like all sorts of different types of arguments in in our games." And what you're articulating there is like pound for pound e- exactly what they you know ascribe to be their intention of like, yeah. You can have whatever reading you want in here because we're going to give you whatever you need to to ascribe some mountain of evidence to that to that reading. The thing, though, the thing that ends up getting complicated there is you're also going to be playing a game for between 10 and 70 hours that has its own logics and has its own biases that are not necessarily just in the cutscenes, but are in the skill trees that are in the moment to moment mechanics that are in the way it makes you feel to succeed in deploying that sort of power. Uh, and it is the, the reason that I end up being so critical of that sort of like, we're just, we're just asking questions. We're just painting a picture and letting you decide what perspective you want to take is because it washes uh, their hands of, of the fact that they probably do take a perspective. They probably do have an overriding position that is represented in mechanical design. That's represented in aesthetics. That's represented in storytelling that, they don't know that they're putting out there because they think all they're doing is asking questions. They think all they're doing is giving you like the 360 view. But again, when you go, when you tell any sort of story, when you make any sort of game, there are underlying kind of um, priorities that will communicate something to the player. And to go into that thinking that you can do it without landing on some direction somewhere, especially when you're making a game about these topics, I think is naive and that naivete will lead you to say something you maybe didn't intend to say uh, on, on some side. Like who know, who knows? Maybe we leave this game and everyone who plays is like, wow, this actually has a really strong t- you know, uh, take on XYZ. And they will be like, oh, we didn't mean to say that. That could actually happen here. I'm not saying it does. I haven't played this except for at that demo a few months ago. But like – this is why I want developers to think about – be conscious of the fact that whether you want to or not, the work that you're making says something and engage with the ways that it's saying that thing and figure out what your design might be saying and, and either lean into it or adjust based on what you, you want to be doing with it. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm actually really curious about this. I will say that all the stuff we're describing, all the cutscenes we're talking about, all the setup is a like – I was almost at a far cry from uh, – <laughs> is a far cry from – Ghost Recon Wildlands, which opened its its missions with like truly shitty, offensive, like stereotypical depictions of uh, Bolivian people that were not even stereotypical of Bolivian people, but were stereotypical of like vague South American culture to the degree that there was like, I remember one of the early missions is that you go after a musician who is like a secret drug Lord, obviously Mm. because cocaine mountain. uh, And that type of music isn't even in Bolivia in a big way. It's like explicitly, I believe it was explicitly like a Mexican style of popular music. And it's like, y'all are really just shouting shit at the player. Whereas, Oh wait, aren't most of the dudes Mexican that you're fighting though? I will say that like they were real, they were real clear about like, this is our idea of a Mexican cartel invading Bolivia to make it their own. Uh, this specific musician guy was popular in Bolivia. It was specifically okay. a, like, he's a big deal. He's like, a, he's like a rock star here. Um, and like, no, that, no, he, that doesn't add up in any way here. Uh, you're right. They were very, <laughs> they were very on the nose about that though, about the, but yes, 
so that is the that from that to huh is an improvement or is a again like I'm not like here's your reward, <laughs> but I, no, this is a step. This is a game I probably won't feel as uncomfortable playing moment to moment. It will not feel so disinterested in people. Um, unfortunately, part of their solution for that was like to make everybody like Westerners. It sounds like like North, nor, like uh, so North Americans is, specifically, or is this guy? Uh, I guess probably Scale is probably a European tech company. Is that my? Am I right about that? Yeah. So so far, it has that. Um so a lot of the people you meet who are part of the rebel groups, they do appear to be ambiguously ethnic is the way I would put it. Like Love they do not like game. a lot of like this is where like their faction is full of people who are recognizably non-white. And then, but the thing is those are the people you actually talk to. So you like look at their faces and you like see what the character models are like. When you go into like these labs, um, actually no, like the first scientist I met was also uh, a woman of color, so it, it it seems more like yeah, the island of Aurora is a place where you're right. Westerners, uh, <laughs> like they dodge the Westerners of all sorts can show up and be in, <laughs> and people can do anything on, on the island of Aurora so long as it is weapons technology <laughs> or contract military operations mm. or resistance. Wow. Mm. Honestly, the cycle of life continues. <laughs> God. We should take a break, and then we should talk more about some other stuff that's going on this week. Thank you, Rob, for checking in. We should play this game this week at some point. I, I would really like to, to play it with you. Um, all right. BRB. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. We are back with more video games. I briefly want to shout out a couple of Apple Arcade things. I, I took the plunge. Uh, Patrick, after all your great coverage last week, first of all, people should go to waypoint.vice.com and read uh, all of Patrick's articles about various Apple Arcade games and Apple Arcade as a platform. Um, you did a really yeah. great series uh, kind of looking at questions about Apple Arcade through the lens of different releases uh, on the platform and also just shouted out games that were both good and maybe not so good in some cases. <laughs> yeah, maybe not so great. Maybe th not first thing, name your colonist. <sighs> Jesus Christ! Every every day, <laughs> what was the name of that game? Every uh, um, daily average life, mm. <laughs> various various day, day life. life, various oh, day life. Uh, Which I think is my favorite Square Enix title since Kingdom Hearts uh, three five eight over two. <laughs> great name, great name. Um, people, for some reason, I was thinking about Everyday Shooter, and I wish Everyday Shooter was available on modern 
consoles. I don't know if people remember that from the PS3. Yeah, I that say. was the early. Uh, yeah, 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 that was a, a really cool, fucking ruled, great soundtrack. Great soundtrack. Anyway, um, uh, I played on Apple Arcade. I played some What the Golf, which you recommended. <laughs> very funny. Very yep. good. But like a third of the way. I don't know through if you, have you gotten to the point. In, have you gotten to the point where they eventually the game forces you to like go back and. So you can complete each stage, so, but you can go back to each stage, and then there is a one where you go for uh, – they, like, limit your you – know, there's a par. Like, right. you know, there's, like, a, a stroke requirement, and then there's another one where you uh, – it's just, like a, like, a weird variant, and, man, th- those are fun. So I am – I have a compulsion to not move on to the next one, the next course ah. at all until I've beaten all three of those uh, things from the jump, which – is a bad, like, mental health, bad blockage. Like, I should just be allowing myself, because the actual thing is I can feel that I'm going to burn out on this game because Mm. I'm playing it that way, Mm. but I can't bring myself to move on until I've done all three objectives on a single course. Some of them, some of the second objectives are, most of the second objectives are par. Most of them are like, hey, you did it in six shots, do it in two or three. Mm -hmm. Don't, you can't brute force it. You have to find the solution. Some some of of those are frustrating. Some of those are frustrating. Yeah, they're like, like, ah, the physics were not working in the way that I want, and because you're using... Your finger, yeah. You uh, that precision, like that level of precision, works for like the moments in the game where you're just kind of goofing, but then can be can become a problem when it's like, oh, I only have three shots. I need this to do exactly what I want it to do, and it feels like often your finger fails you. Oh, especially in the ones where there is like some degree of not randomness, but other interaction. There's one of the soccer ones that I had that I got stuck on for a while Mm -hmm. for the par because it was like I just need this person to just not run this way this one time and like sometimes <laughs> they don't and sometimes they do um uh but I, i'm having fun i do i do work it kind of i'm kind of frustrated to hear you have to go back and do that at a certain point not uh, but but not but you own it's only like it's the game i think wanting to remind you because gotcha. so the way that the game's loop works is that you know you get to its uh you know a, a sort of gated off section you've got to complete you know let's say six uh holes um in which you're only doing one level um and there usually aren't any requirements except just like get to the end of it. And sometimes you can like fail mid through or fall off a, a ledge. Um, but you kind of like clear those and then you move on to the next section. At a certain point, the game says like, hey, go get five crowns. Okay. So like you can pick whichever stage you want and just you just need to get one slate of those. And I think that's the game just saying like, hey, we want to remind you there's this other stuff you can go and do. And by if you complete all of the crowns in an area, then you unlock an item. And it's basically just a completionist thing. Like yes. there are some funny, clever stages. It's mostly just to fill out this like item area. But I, I, you know, I'm maybe a little further than you. Like I'm a little further past that point. Cause once I realized how fun those areas were, I started going back and right. trying to fill, fill them out. Um, but I do not think it's the case that you okay. need to do all of those in order to see it to the end. My hope is I will hit a point where I overcome this compulsion and just start sprinting through the game so I can see more of the bits. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. Because, like, we talked about this last week, but the game is so funny uh, because it, it introduces entirely new mechanics. Excuse me. It will introduce a new mechanic and then jettison it a few levels in. Um, but increasingly, it's like, oh, here is a level about cars. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Pixar film. No, here's a level in which like, there are cars to contend with. Here's a level about soccer, like I said before. Like here's a bunch of yeah. soccer ball levels, and um, it is not like as rapid. Like you'll get into a, a set of levels that are about that thing, and I mm-hmm. want to make sure I get a good taste of what everything that's there. 
instead of just getting like, – I almost wish there was like a purely like, you know what? Just start spitting levels at me mode that was just like made sure I got to so see it. There's a daily it. challenge. Oh, you're right. There is a daily challenge. I should start doing the daily challenge. Yeah. That's probably that's probably a good idea. Cool. Um, I also started playing Mini Motorway, which is the sequel to Mini Metro, which is a puzzle game I love. I love Mini Metro. Mini Metro is about like designing a subway system, a metro system mm -hmm. in a city. Um, Mini Motorway is like a little more fiddly in terms of you're building roads to connect buildings, basically houses to buildings and stadiums and stuff. It's a lot like Mini Metro. Beautiful design. Like it's gorgeous to look at. Um, music is incredible. Though it does also, I think, have the thing that a lot of these Apple Arcade games yeah. still have. Yeah, can we do that? Can we shame? Can we yeah. shame some can developers right now? Can we please right do now? this? Hey. Uh, like, let me listen to a podcast while playing your game, please. 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 Let me listen to music, different music. You don't know what my life is like. Uh, sometimes I want to be playing a, a game on Apple Arcade or on my phone while listening to a podcast. Yeah. Don't override it so that I can only listen to the game audio unless well, so like I would. It out. Oh man, it was so frustrating in uh, in Grindstone. And I think some games are starting to patch this out. Good. Um, uh, but so like in Grind, I don't know if Grindstone has or not yet. I'm gonna ping some developers and write a brief shaming piece <laughs> to try Damn. and get this like policy switched. Um, if it is a policy, I don't know. It's just weird um, given the, the platform that it would operate. This. But like, so in Grindstone, it's like okay, so I'm listening to a podcast and then like I load up Grindstone. And then it switches to the in-game audio, and then I'm like, okay, well, in the uh, in the the iOS's memory, like I can pull down the media manager and just like it'll still list the podcast. And I'm like, cool, I'll just click play, and uh -huh. then it starts playing the podcast again, overlaid over the the grindstone audio. But the moment like you enable back into a grind to grindstone, it's like you know it throws the the audio out, and it's super frustrating. It's so frustrating. Mm -hmm. It's not how people use their phones. I don't understand. And especially for a lot of these oversight. games. These yes. games, like, the, they're not, there are some games. We're not talking here, about like, Earwalker Society yeah. 6. Or, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. Like, yeah. we're yeah, talking yeah. about games that specifically are fun, cool background, puzzly things, or, you know, not time You've got wasters. Netflix but, on, and yes. you're listening to a podcast, and you're playing this game. <laughs> I got a lot going on in my life. I'm trying to maximize my input right now. Give me mm -hmm. more. I'm reading a book. Make it happen. Yeah. It's a lot going on right now. Ugh. Got anyway. one eye on the book, one eye on the... On the screen. I got... Damn. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Next level shit. <laughs> um, yeah, anyway, what I was going to say is Mini Motorway. Really cool. But I don't think I like it as much as Mini Metro. Mm. Uh, it turns out... I mean, I think what I really want, is, what I really want is someone who is, like, deep into architecture and urban design um, to, to dig into the kind of ideology of these two games. I think a lot about what uh, I'm very curious what like do not eat uh, would say about, about these games. Um, Rob is nodding along furiously. Do not eat. Well, hang a on. Great YouTuber. Are we curious? Do you uh, no, have any have a, doubt no, as to no what doubt. he would say? That? I have no doubt. Do not eat for people who don't know uh, has an incredible series of, of YouTube videos. People should watch. Uh, his YouTube stuff uh, about um, uh, generally city builders urban and urban planning and and politics and kind of the history uh, of those things. Um, really, really smart. Um, but yeah, like it turns out the ideology of car based cities of cities that are about like individuals in their cars you know and and uh building infrastructure for though for in, for individuals in that way is distinct from building infrastructure for large groups of people uh, in terms of what is being prioritized there's a lot of great writing on this subject and for that re weirdly the game just is is 
fiddly in the same way that trying to to move individual people around is. It's mm. it, it, by that I mean like you're drawing free floating roads that all intersect with each other. Um, you are you need to install things like traffic lights, etc. Whereas in Mini Metro, you're building subway lines, mm. and they can <sighs> moving. It's so hard to get into this without like showing you these games. Um, <laughs> I guess like the I'll just speak abstractly here, which is that the conceptual problems of how do I get people across a river to go from my my residential area to my downtown or out to the stadium when you're using train lines is something I can wrap my head around really easily in terms of what I, the designer, want to, like, prioritize. Like, okay, I want to make sure there's an extra subway car uh, that goes from the, the you know, urban or, like, the suburban residential area into the downtown where everyone has to get to work. Um, and Mini Metro can, helps me see that stuff super well. Like, okay, put an extra train car there. Maybe put, you know, an extra, uh, you know, a, a big, um, a big, uh, 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 station that can hold more more subway cars at once or hold more people at once comfortably. Very easy to conceptualize. Mini motorways is like okay, where do okay do I want to put a high? I can put a highway anywhere. I can put a highway that connects from one point to anywhere. Okay, <laughs> okay, I'm having trouble. This one building, this one car park is is overstuffed, but also there's like another car park right next to it. Why are people not just driving to the next car park? I don't under and that is true for car based cities. All of those problems are the problems they face right. so i don't this is a case where i think the game is accurately representing the weirdness of trying to build a city around cars versus building it around mass transit um, <laughs> but it also just makes it less fun for me moment to moment it's still i'm gonna put more time to it i've only put like an hour into it or something like that so i, I really got to sit down with it some more um rob speaking of which i saw new york is banning cars on 14th street is it is what? that true New York, like literally congestion in at least in Midtown is so bad, I guess, uh, or, or Yo, lower I Manhattan. This. this is sick. That they're starting to that they're experimenting with like just shutting off private vehicle traffic on certain key roads. The plan will restrict traffic to buses and trucks on 14th Street between 3rd and 9th Avenues, but still allow delivery and local resident vehicles on the stretch. You know what? Good. How? Hell See, yeah. this is we're gonna, that, that's the new urbanism that. is I'll a clear it. and hold strategy. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, back to back to Ghost Recon at this point, or or, or close combat, I guess. Right? Um, yeah. uh, there is. We don't have time to get into the problems with car culture in big cities. We don't have time for it. Please, I'm begging people to. I'm begging cities. If you're a city planner, please invest in mass transit. <laughs> God. Please convince the, the local politicians to support the thing that you probably already believe in, which is curtailing uh, car usage inside of big cities. You know, every summer they do the thing in New York where they like shut down one of the major avenues for bike, like make it like bike and and walking only. Mm -hmm. And it seems fucking rad. Yeah. It's like a different yeah. watching footage from that stuff is like, oh, wow, this is a different vision of what a city could look like. It's incredible. Anyway. Well. And the nature of traffic is it just fills up any available arteries you open up to it. It is a fluid. So the idea of, right. oh, if we shut down this road, the world will end because it will jam up these other roads. Those roads will be marginally slower. But what you get is an open walkable area that people hang out in. Like, listen, I love cars. Fucking love them. I love driving. You yeah. you do yeah. a driving. But, you do a podcast about cars, Rob. <laughs> yeah. But 
no, I, I fully have jumped on board with the like, you know what we need to do is get these things out of our cities. Cars are like mechs to me. Hmm. I know hmm. that sounds surprising, but here's what I mean. I think mechs are dope. I love video games about mechs. I love shows about mechs. Hmm. I don't think mechs should exist in the real world. Likewise, cars hmm. are cool. Wow. Did you see that mech that motherboard's going to buy? My point well, is, I exists. should have a Mac. I I don't. None of us should but, have Macs. But living a perfectly, but living a good life without a Mac should be an option, right? Like you shouldn't be required exactly. to buy a Mac so you can get to your job. Yeah. Exactly. But if you no like <laughs> have the passion for Mac ownership, then if you were born in the colonies. I think we. Yeah. <laughs> I think I basically is the, the 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 truth here is that like the ways in which building culture around individual ownership of cars has transformed the country has done bad things both to the environment to the way people live their lives to the way cities are districted and the ways in which people have access to things like food yeah. the way that people have access to things like decent education like that's of all intermixes in a way where I'm not like yeah we should wipe cars away but it turns out the policies that shook out because of the assumption that everyone had access to, to cars not fantastic yeah um uh, anyway Anyway, cars are allowed to exist. I'm not taking your car away, Patrick. I love driving. I would love to drive I a would, car. Today. I would. Lo- I would mm. love for my, yeah, living in suburbia. Yes. You're sort of screwed. But like, and yeah, I, I actually like driving too. I like listening to podcasts and audiobooks yep. and driving. Like, and like I like like going through Iowa. Just like, man, there's nothing to look at. But like, that's cool to just zone out. But yeah, if I didn't have to drive, I I wouldn't. Right. If, if we I, had I, great trains, you can take in this them country. away. It's yeah. Fine. If, you, yeah. <laughs> if you replace them, you know what? It's like it's like your insurer. If you replace it with a system, <laughs> oh that, my god, we're really in the weeds on this Oof. one. God. Um. Anyone else playing anything? Did you play anything else on Apple Arcade? Oh anything yeah. Else that you, uh, you yeah. I mean, I'm, trying to see, I'm trying to figure out if there's I, any other games. I sh- I, well, there's a couple I want to shout out. I did not. I, won't, I, won't I, I played uh, an uh, sort of like a mission-based tactics game called Spaceland that I did not like at all and is exactly like a game I would have paid $3 or would have been free to play that I wouldn't have liked three weeks ago, you know, before well, Apple Arcade That launches. was part of my various day life. It's like, this game is trash. Right, um, right. You shouldn't pay for it, but, and I think there's lots of ways that it is deeply problematic and troublesome to, like, look at Apple Arcade as, like, an easy way to sort through trash but like from like a purely you know consumerist perspective like you shouldn't pay for various day life and it's nice that you pay five bucks can try it and then go cool nope delete delete. um same with the other high profile japanese game uh i don't i don't know how to pronounce shinseki shinsekai uh the capcom like underwater metroid inspired game right also not good at all i thought maybe it was just the touch screen controls but i play that on my apple tv with a dual shock and it was not any better um, I played uh very when little cards fall. Have you tried that? I have not pl- tried that yet. I want to try that. Um, I tried this city builder called Outlanders, or I guess it's more like a settlement builder called Outlanders that has like a very nice look. Um, you, you were playing as homesteaders. I think that that I need to play more of it to know if it's any good, but like the basic interactions seem solid. I think the, the big thing here that I'm actually running into with a bunch of these games is I don't necessarily love some of them are not sized for screens. Right, like Grindstone, clearly a game to be played on a phone. 
Uh, but even like Mini Motorways, Mini Metro was great because Mini Metro, I know I'm going back to the same game, but Mini Metro just like worked on just a phone. You weren't clicking and dragging the, to move a camera around a map. Mini Motorways is probably fine on an iPad, but on my phone, I'm constantly like struggling to like pinch zoom and move stuff yeah. around. And there's a number of games that are built in that same way. Outer, Outer Lands also feels that way where it's like, oh, I, I just I'm having want, that problem. I just want yeah, things I, that fit on my phone and that is it, you know? Yeah, it'd be nice if like somehow you could sort by like best, you know, or just best for I phone. don't know how they would best for phone or something like that. Because like, yeah, I have I have an Apple TV and an iPhone, but um, my iPad is old. It's I think an iPad Air 2 from like 2013. So mm. like it's fine for like Twitter, although now it's just like the iPad my daughter uses to stream Netflix. And um, it doesn't get software updates anymore. Like I think it's they cut it off like two years ago. So it doesn't it's not even going to get Apple Arcade. <laughs> right. um, and I so then I looked into it. I was like, well okay, my daughter's not in school yet, so that's usually around the time when, like, so much educational stuff can happen through an iPad that, like, you would think of maybe buying one so she could have her own thing because those fucking devices don't have multi-user support yet, which doesn't... Anyway, I looked in, I was like, okay, what do I? What do iPads, like, cost? Like, I haven't looked at an iPad lineup in, like, a long time. Um, and I was like, oh, there's, like, a new low-cost iPad. It's, like, it's uh, 329 and it's not like the iPad Pro. It's, I don't think, as good as the iPad Air, but, like, it's, like, really solid, has, like, a nice processor, like, good screen. And I looked, and I was, like, 329, like, okay, I could swing that. Like, I could, that's, like, yeah, in the range budget, of, like, money I could buy. The course of, I could yeah. budget for it. Yeah. Um, and, well, it's, th- it's 329 with 32 gigs of space, <laughs> which is nothing. Yeah. That is yep. not, met, like, my <laughs> wife made the mistake of her, uh older ipad getting that thinking like i don't store much on here well it turns out like you can store like a movie yeah and then the os size like immediately has you bumping up against 32 so i was like all right well i'll bump it to like the next one up which is i don't know 64 or 128 i think it was 128 a hundred dollars a hundred dollars so because of 329 to 429 to immediately me being like okay well maybe i'm just gonna to deal with it on my phone because that's just I, ridiculous to, to, to the amount they are there's that is fucking criminal to charge that much for memory in a in a device really ridiculous I oh weird criminal apple prices <laughs> yeah no yeah, yeah yeah i'm yeah i'm not yeah even as someone uh, that largely owns apple products in, in, in no world will i defend them on that on no that it's bad the the i'm i'm in this place where i should note my phone when i talk about like screen size stuff i'm on an iphone 7 um, I don't have any plans to get a new phone yet because I don't like any of these new phones. My battery is dying in this phone. I need to get it replaced, which like yeah, is say, exactly yeah. that sort of excuse that you justify like, oh, well, I could just get a new phone now. But I, I like in the past, this is the moment I would have, right? Like going from an iPhone 4 to an iPhone 5 or whatever was definitely my battery is almost dead. My battery doesn't retain a charge anymore. I could go to a replacement shop, but eh, I'm going to get a new phone. Mm. But I hate these new phones. Like, they are too big. I don't like the size. I barely like the iPhone 7 size. Like, I want there to be a new iPhone SE model that's like that smaller one, which is going to make my problem Mm. with screen size even worse for for these (laughs) games that are being designed for bigger phone screens. But, like, I don't care because I just don't – I don't like – I want that – that old model I don't think you're so going to get that. I, you're probably I've right. Read, all the rumors, you're probably all the rumors right. suggest they're not. And it sucks. They're, they're going to do another SE, but that it's going to be the size of like... Of the 7. 7 or an 8 it, or something. I, I, I miss the like squared off corners. Like I miss that design so much. Regardless, mm-hmm. um, yep, uh, so. yeah, it, I... Uh, oh, I 
it's I know that this is a silly preference to have. But the point is I'm going to keep this phone. I'm just going to replace the battery. I'm going to be like yeah. a good citizen and like not contribute to e-waste as much as I as much as I normally do. Um, uh, but the thing that I was actually going to connect to, Patrick, was you're talking about memory size. You're talking about screen sizes. You actually got a Switch Lite over the Nintendo sent you a Switch Lite over yeah. the, the last week. And I'm curious. We're talking about all this stuff, screen sizes and usability and, and all that stuff. How has the Switch Lite been uh, so far? Oh, it is. Uh, it is a toy in like the best way possible. Um, it feels really solid. It like, you, you know, I, the switch doesn't feel like a device you could drop or at least you'd be risking quite a bit mm. in that drop. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable know. with like the core of it, but the Joy-Cons yeah. feel like not only would they break if I dropped it wrong, they would somehow break the rest of the switch. Like they would get lodged in in a weird like I oh, if they're if, if they were attached yeah, when I yeah, dropped yeah. it. Do you know what I mean? I feel like individually they feel like they they just bounce. Yeah, but, but the, the, the whole sp- unit feels like they it gets mm. weaker the more things <laughs> yeah. I attach to it. Yeah. Um, and the 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 you know the Switch Lite. Um, it, it, it does feel light, but not too light. Like it feels sturdy enough. It doesn't feel like you're just holding an empty piece of plastic where it doesn't have any weight to it. Um, but it has enough substance and the, the, the build quality is such that it does feel like the kind of thing that if it was on a table and got knocked over, I mean, any, you're going to risk a screen no matter what, but that like the device itself would hold. And so I have now, you know, I have a, my main switch is um, it's slightly unconventional, but like, you know, I have, you know, I stream Mario Maker, so I have that connected to my streaming setup. But I like swap that in another world where someone very conceivably has just a switch that is docked and is connected to their TV. And that's just a permanent space that it largely resides in. And then I have the the Switch Lite. And I was curious if Nintendo would acknowledge that that's probably not going to be an uncommon, like whether it's a Switch Lite or a Switch Pro, like it's not going to surprise me if people ha- end up having two Switches and one is like, a mainstay and one is a floater um, as opposed to getting rid of their original switch. And so when you start the the switch light, um, it acknowledges that it's like, Hey, is this your primary switch or is this like a second switch? That's like your, your portable one. Um, so I said, it's my second one. And then, so I attach my profile to it. Um, and then it, you know, works sort of. So, and I haven't done the thing that I need to, which is that uh, the Xbox one and PS4, like a lot of like video game devices have like uh, a, like a primary designation mm-hmm. will let you play games. You know, let's say you got a one at your parents' house or your girlfriend's place or whatever. And they're like, you can play your games, but it has to authenticate with a server in order for it to like check the license. And the switch does do that. So uh, you can switch that, which the primary one is. And what I need to do is make my home. So the one that is docked, the always connected to the internet, that one should be the primary, that one should be the, or the, the secondary one. Mm-hmm. So it's always checking those licenses. And I just change my switch light to be the, the primary so that like what happened is like, I took my, took Jessica to her gymnastics class and I'm up, you know, watching to see if she needs to go to the bathroom and I'm also playing the goose game. And all of a sudden it's like, Hey, I need to, you know, I need to check if you can play this game. The Wi-Fi at the the, <laughs> the, the gym, not, okay, right, yeah, uh, requi- requires you to go to like a website and click <sighs> a form, which the switch doesn't let me do when it's connecting to that Wi-Fi. So then I like take my phone out, Wait, make really? a you know, make a. Uh, I don't think it's, or at least it wasn't. Maybe the signal was poor enough that it wasn't able to. Right, eat, yeah, yeah. Regardless, yeah. like it couldn't authenticate, and so took my phone out, made you know uh, uh, a private network connected to that, it authenticated. So like you can do that. Like there's no reason you. But that's like kind of a pain. Mm-hmm. So I think what I'm going to do is switch that over so that I just the one that never leaves the house is the one that 
That's does the, the, the license the checking. Check-in. Right. Yeah. That yeah. feels it doesn't so... Let you do, it, it doesn't let you do that, though, up front. Like, I wish it had said, hey, would you like to make this the primary? I think I have to go into, like, my Nintendo account, disable any device as the primary. And I think the way it works is that the first one that logs in next then becomes the primary. It, um, it feels so weird in some way to make the home one the non-primary one. Yeah. Just because of the way I prioritize spaces in my own life. But I I guess it makes well, sense. I don't think it should authenticate, period. I think I think part I, I don't I understand uh yeah. why it exists the way it does on the Xbox One and the PS4. But the Switch is way closer to a phone or an yeah. iPad than it is it like just conceptually. And the way that works on Android and on iOS is that they both have sort of like family uh, plans. And so like, you know, with, with Apple Arcade, uh, you know, you sign up for Apple Arcade on like sort of the master account and then all the, the accounts that are rolled into the family account um, then get access to that stuff. Mm. I sort of think that's how like the switch should work. It is that that is a system prone to abuse, right? Sure. Like so, <laughs> we would be in the Waypoint family in a second. Well, we wouldn't. Um, we happen to be in the position where we get code sent to us. But you can imagine right, friends yeah. being like, "Oh yeah, we're just going to join a family." Absolutely. And now we all have access to this thing. That's <laughs> my like my Steam account, which is a press account, was for a very I long mean, time after I'd left Giant Bomb being used <laughs> to play games. I for was quick, for quick looks. I certainly DM'd you while I was at Giant Bomb more than once but uh pat can you add can you quickly add this game to your account me and Vinny want to do a stream this afternoon uh, so you uh, maybe steam should add more people to the press list that's all i'm saying bring it back bring back the press account you get around it though so it's like it's it, like on the switch i i sort of get because like the abuse would is with 60 dollar games right like it's a it's like I, I think the scale of it is different but I think because it's going to be common that one one is a primary and one is like a, a floater, uh, sort of like handheld one, especially given that's the whole pitch of the Switch Lite. I think if all they did was up it to just one, like, you know, if you can have two right. primaries, one that doesn't have to authenticate, you know, yes, people are going to abuse that but system. Also, people probably. have families. People share consoles right yeah. now, right? Yeah. Like, the thing, yeah. uh, here's a question. Does it have any, what's up with, are there cloud saves on Switch yet? If you yeah. have if you have the, okay. uh, the Nintendo online. So I went and bought a Switch Lite right now and made it my primary yep. and logged into it. I could get all the stuff I've already bought digitally. All of my saves would come through, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're yeah, already started, uploaded because I, I have Nintendo Switch yep. online. That all just happened in the background. All right. Yeah, it worked. It worked perfectly. I jumped into the, the Goose game and it picked up where I left off. Um, and I haven't done a lot of going back and forth. Like I should say, like this is a problem that Apple Arcade has that is like really frustrating mm-hmm. is that it seems to be saving local saves and cloud saves. And rather than just reconciling that on its own and only surfacing a conflict when it has like a network error where it wants you to like be really sure which save it should default to. So it doesn't mess up your progress constantly. When I was jumping between my phone and the Apple TV, it'd be like, yo, which save do you want us to use? Mm -hmm. Like the new one we just made here or like the one from the cloud. It's like, you know, that should, that should be happening by itself unless you're, like a problem occurs. Um, mm. Didn't have any problem with that with the Nintendo stuff. Um, so yeah, you need to pay for the online service to get the clouds. I guess theoretically, what, like I guess you could just sign up for a month and just like move them over, like sync them to the, I don't know how that works exactly. I don't know if like you could sign up for one month, like get your save locally on that device and then cancel Nintendo online. Um, uh, but um, 
yeah, it's it's a pretty it's a spectacular little device. It feels really good. I in some ways maybe prefer the smaller size and the feel of it. I like there's a D pad there. Really always <laughs> like made me mad there was not a D pad on the Switch proper because I really don't like the analog sticks on the Switch, but they're fine. Like you know there are, there weren't many games where the finesse felt like it got in the way. But a game like Mario Maker, like I wanted to use a D pad, and uh, I'm glad the Switch Lite has has one it seems like a pretty decent one you know i don't i'm not like a great judge of that stuff but mm-hmm. i'm glad it's at least there um but yeah it, and the battery stuff i it seems better but i don't you know I, as i've said in the show in the past like i didn't have a huge problem with the switch's battery to begin with but um you know it's, it seems like it lasts like you know 20 percent longer or whatever it is that they're saying the switch light will get you but yeah yeah. it's nice 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 i'm glad it turned out good i had another friend who picked one up and is having a good time with it and i'm I'm, i like the switch a lot i still like the switch a lot i'm i really would love a switch pro that is something else but i don't at this point i don't know that we're gonna get one like i i really do start think that the thing that we got is the thing that we got yeah the light and then the like the better processor better better lifetime battery life one like so um, I keep putting off going to do that trade in and and you know spending a couple bucks one to get the, the better one, but one of these days, one of these days. Um, <laughs> Rob, I do briefly want to go back and let you talk uh, about about um, close combat, the bloody first, because it's been on this list twice in a row, and we've not had the time to talk about it. So I'm just curious if you can give me a, a pitch on. I, I want to say I played a close combat game, but forever ago. How long has close combat been around? Am I am I misremembering this? It's like a 20-year-old okay. franchise at this point, 22, 23 years. Okay, so yeah. like if I'm imagining myself playing on a big boxy CRT, that is not incorrect That's probably. That's probably a memory. Okay. That's not yeah. you like last week because you got a CRT after we no, watched that after- video. <laughs> <laughs> I have not invested in a high-quality CRT. Uh, when people watching a thing on uh, like an LED screen or LCD screen being like, damn, that does look better. <laughs> No, I've not. I did not do that. No, um, close combat. My understanding yeah. of close combat, it is. I almost said an RTS, but it's not the scale of an RTS. It's almost. A, it's like a. It's an RTS in the sense that like. Um, you you click. You click and you move stuff around. I've always thought of mm-hmm. Company of Heroes as being adjacent to it in the sense of like yes. thinking about things of cover, thinking about about um, uh, suppression, the sort of tactical side of RTSs more than the big picture strategic throw a billion so units. It's, a MOBA. it's not a MOBA. <laughs> or I don't know. Rob is close is close <laughs> combat. Not a MOBA. Damn it. Not, not a MOBA. <laughs> no, but actually Combat of Heroes is a good reference point okay. because that was kind of the RTSification of close combat with the yeah, the same ideas of cover troops can be suppressed troops can break and run like hell close combat just makes that its primary focus but it is meant to be at least a more simulation style war game at the time it came out what sort of distinguished it was twofold one it did operate in real time uh you know everything happened simultaneously basically there were no turns but the main thing that set it apart from a lot of other war games of its time was this notion that every individual soldier had like a was kind of an individual unit with traits strengths abilities and their own morale cool and so a lot of war games tended to abstract the idea 
of people getting suppressed or just breaking from the strain of combat in that an entire unit would freak out at once and basically stop fighting and begin to run away uncontrolled. Mm -hmm. Uh, With close combat, the idea was that, well, we're doing this on computers now that are way more powerful and and flexible than the board game systems that a lot of board games are imitating, so we can get really granular. And the other thing that made it interesting was that how soldiers reacted to combat was somewhat unpredictable. And so most people would sort of follow the expected progression of being calm and ready for action to coming under fire and being a little antsy to being pinned down, hiding in cover, to running like hell. But some soldiers might turn out to be really good at war. Right. And so you, you'd see like a squad of rookies and like four of them might break uh, at you know the first time they come under fire. But one of them just kind of hulks out and single handedly wipes out a German machine gun nest or something. And that would be a thing that could just happen. And the game system was in addition to being some kind of tactical war game, I guess it was kind of a we didn't really have this we didn't think of games and certainly not war games in these terms at the time, but it did generate a lot of narratives. Mm. Uh, And that was one of the appeals of this game is when you, when you saw these battles play out, it wasn't just, you were seeing tactical moves being resolved. It was also that you're watching your little dudes wage life and death battles with each other. And some of them would surprise you. Some of them would die heroes deaths. Uh, some would, you know, absolutely turn to the dude at the end of Saving Private Ryan, freezes on the stairs, right, uh, up right. him. And so the series began that way, and its initial campaigns focused on uh, Band of Brothers type campaigns, infantry combat in in France and World War II. And then they started getting increasingly focused on like tank warfare as they went to the Eastern Front. So that is, I think, where I must have played because I remember the close combat games that I played being very tank focused. Um, Yeah. Which is not what you were describing. Yeah. I I remember being like, oh, there's something cool here in contrast with the RTSs. I was coming at it as someone who, like, I know war games exist, but I'm not in that, like, I'm not in that scene. I don't understand that scene particularly well as, like, you know, a teenager, young 20 something, whatever, when I was playing these. Um, But I remember thinking, wow, these are really compelling in contrast to you know, uh, command and conquer's vision of what, of what, you know, war looks like, but still not quite having the experience you just described about the, the earliest games in the, in the series because of the tanks specifically. Yeah. And yeah, so I, I don't think, uh, focusing on armored warfare was ever to that series advantage. Uh, then remember these were originally Microsoft games as well. Uh, mm-hmm. they're made by atomic games, which is a division at Microsoft, gotcha. a, a studio under Microsoft. It got, the series was shut down by Microsoft. It was sold to Slytherin, uh, which is a kind of the, the big computer wargaming publisher. And they made some versions of this that, were a lot like the old close combat games, but to me, they always had kind of a bigger than before vibe to them. (laughs) Right. Uh, Which was just, Hey, like the previous games focused on like 10 squads or so fighting. What if we expanded that to like 20 
And at that point, you start losing that connection to the battlefield that made it so interesting. This one, they've gone in a really different direction. They finally made it 3D. And it turns out that is meaningful because all the previous close combats had terrain, but they were 2D sprite-based games. Mm-hmm. And so you'd be looking at this top-down, like almost like aerial reconnaissance or satellite imagery of a battlefield, and to you it might look perfectly flat. And then you start using the line of sight tool to figure out like where the lines of fire are. And it turns out there's a ton of little like hillocks and uh, like ridges that you just can't see. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of a deal breaker in a war game, uh, not being able to read the terrain at all like that. Yeah. So the switch to a 3D engine um, gives a huge quality of life improvement just on that score and kind of does make a good case for why a 3D close combat is even a thing you might want in 2019. Um, and I don't know. I mean, I'm in a weird place with it because this is a series that meant a lot to me growing up. And this conjures a lot of that, but I'm sitting there playing it. And also I'm just not sure it, really lives up to that legacy. Mm. What is is the thing that's holding you back there? So there's a few things. One is that Slytherin, in general, I would say, a lot of their games tend to be known for not amazing production values. And so while the voice acting always could be a little campy and over the top in the close combat games, in general, the the barks were okay. Uh, people freaking out and panicking sounded at least not objectionable or corny. Here, units do not stop talking, but they also sound like voice actors being give, given bad direction uh, in a studio. And so, like, literally, like, a squad of American troops will be coming under fire, and you will hear, the way you will know that is you will hear again and again and again over the course of a 30-minute battle, I can't take it anymore. <laughs> I can't take it anymore. I can't take it anymore. That's the only bark they have for a guy breaking. That's right. that's the sound of right. like a dude not like being able to take it anymore combat. is what it sounds like to me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. And so like the the thing is on the one hand like everything sounds really good like all hell is breaking loose. Uh, but then every time your characters talk, you're like, oh, yeah, this is kind of a budget war game, isn't it? This is, oh, you're just going to keep making that sound. Um, the other part is, so the conceit of this game, the reason it's called the Bloody First, yeah, is because its grand campaign tries to cover the campaigns of the 1st Infantry Division, the Big Red One. And that is a notable unit because that is one of the few formations to have fought in North Africa, Italy, and in France uh, in World War II. So pretty much everywhere uh, the U.S. Army saw land combat against the Germans, the Big Red One was there. But that also means you start out the game, like a good portion of this game is in the desert. And again, infantry-focused game. So the a, like a huge portion of this campaign is either dealing with tanks that just kind of dominate the terrain in the desert, or sending infantry across the desert in these open fields of fire to inevitably get pasted by a combination of machine gun fire and mortars. And that is a real thing. Like that dynamic 
is real. That's why that kind of warfare is really tough in the desert. At the same time, is it interesting? Is it exciting? That's that's tougher to say. Uh, and then the AI just doesn't seem very good. Um, I am. It, it doesn't really know what to do about mortar fire. So you can just start like the minute you spot German troops, for instance, walking in the open. Yeah, your mortar can just start dialing them in <sighs> and killing them from range. And there's nothing they can do. I mean, that's like so, one of the recurring issues I've had with uh, not issues, but like. Um, the one of the the more interesting dilemmas of war game design, especially of like World War II war game design, is when players can act as if they have perfect information and things just like, yep, okay, we see them, then the mortar hits because the it, it in a game that's supposed to or or in, it aspires to a certain degree of realism and and um uh. What's the specific the, – you used a word before around the difference between old war games that were like here is your unit um, and then like now it's like the unit is comprised of individuals. The like particularity of, yeah. of individual oh, like granularity. Units, granularity. Yeah. Like mortars miss. Artillery fire misses. It does have to be dialed in. The, the, there takes There's time between calling something in and a result happening. Um, and part of the drama of those sorts of uh, moments is, oh, shit. Will the will the artillery fire hit where I where I need it to? Will the mortar fire hit where I need it to? Did I can I get a clear line to communicate this back? I know some war games actually play with the idea of communications and like actually being able to, to get word back to headquarters to get that artillery support and stuff like that. Well, um, and here it sounds like it just so this does a little bit. Okay. Um. So your mortars can get super accurate if there is like an observer unit that mm-hmm. has a communications link back to the mortar unit. Okay. Uh. <laughs> it will zero in very fast. But even blind firing, given enough time, they will start to, just by dead reckoning, start to hit their mark um, mm-hmm. in ways that maybe feels a bit overpowered. But the, the main thing is, the like, the enemy AI just doesn't seem to grasp that, like, dude, like, putting troops out in the open, they're going to get shot up. Like, that is just going, like, that is going to end badly every time. You need to do something different here. And it kind of makes it a little too easy to succeed by being uh, kind of passive. On the other hand, like the drama's still kind of there. I had a battle where I was being driven off this, uh, you know, basically I, I completely misread uh, a map. I did not realize what would happen if the Germans just launched their entire attack across one narrow hill. And I was trying to hold the whole map. And so I was slowly like being pushed off this really vital ridge and it's going to, it's turning a really scrappy fight uh, sort of on my left flank as guys are sort of popping between rocks and uh, in this really like close battle with the Germans and the Germans just keep setting up machine guns and uh, keeping my guys suppressed while they advance. It's really de- deadly. And this entire battle's happening and my troops got guarding the right flank. It's like a machine gun crew and a rifle squad they never see any action. And like after 15 minutes, I realized there's not going to be an attack that like, like all the Germans are over there. These guys are covering ground that does not need to be covered. And so while my guys are just getting kind of butchered uh, on my left flank, this crew runs behind the ridge and it takes them a few minutes to execute this move. Cause at this point it's a long distance. They like hoof it almost a kilometer to almost where the Germans began their attack from, they scale this hill behind the German lines. They set up the MG 
And suddenly all the Germans are set up in this firing line, hosing down my troops from this ridge they captured. And they're just sort of spread out beneath this machine gun crew. Yeah. And the machine gun crew opens up and in like a minute of sustained fire, just starts like carving up these German troops and completely like completely saves the day. Um, and like the crew goes into beast mode and my like the guys who survived the left flank push are able to launch a counterattack. And it was a cool moment. It was like some real white knuckle wargaming stuff. Uh, but I'm not sure the game. It feels like those highs are in exchange for kind of some long dull valleys in this game. And so I'm, I'm working through my feelings. I'm hoping that if, if I just get out of North Africa and into slightly more interesting terrain, Italy see like, but the problem is like Sicily seemed a lot like Africa in mm-hmm. terms of terrain. Uh, so I, I don't know. It just, it just feels like there's, there's a bit of a mismatch between what the game is great at and then what its subject matter is. And then the low production values in some key places really hurt it. Like it, this game would be so much cooler if this stuff was very evocative at all, but you really have to be willing to do what I just did, which is kind of like read into the simulation and interpret it and create the story that like the story happened. You can see it, but you really have to work with the game to extrapolate it. Yeah. I, I am curious if, I mean, sometimes the games like this take a few, a few tries to get, Right, this is the first one on this 3D engine. It's the first time this team is 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 building in it. So, yeah, who knows? Maybe maybe there's an expansion that helps bring things better on board for you, or it's the start of a, of a long running new take on the series. You know, I I hope I hope it comes together for you. I know this me. I know this means a lot to you, Rob. I've been there. You know, um, have I talked about Cube World? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, which is out again today, by the way, and I've I continue to play it. Like I think I have twenty hours in it now. Nice. Um, I did a whole other biome just briefly, and and have continued to have a lot of fun with it. Oh, yeah. I do think there's going to be a huge backlash. I do think like the the design decisions that we talked about last time, we can go back and listen to like mm. the way progression works is going to like. Like they've updated their main page at this point to be like these are the this is it this is the game this is how progression works that is not changing, or if it's changing it's not changing anytime soon right, right. um uh and so I'm very, cur- Maybe very in like curious six years yeah another six years <laughs> will be a new progression model added to the fucking game um uh, anyone else hitting playing anything they want to hit briefly before we wrap up um I don't I don't think I have anything else major I think I think we've hit all the video yeah. games that I've that I've actually played. Yeah. I've like loaded stuff up super quick and then done the thing of like, oh, don't really have time to get into something that deep. Yeah. So, uh, uh, all right. Well, we'll be back later this week for more stuff. We have, there are other games coming out this week. Yes. Kato, the countdown is real. How how close are you to, you logged into the work computer today yeah. <laughs> to do some Destiny 2 shenanigans. I just needed to clear my inventory a bit more, you know, had to do some do house, some, some spring cleaning yeah, before, the, exactly. before the drop hits. Yeah, I got you. I you got know. you. Get, get the oil out, out so you can bring in the new. Exactly. Well, I hope you have Very fun. Excited. Is that dropping tonight at midnight? Is that tomorrow morning? When is that? Tomorrow at 1 p.m. Eastern. Eastern. Reset okay. time. It is down. The servers are down for the next 24 hours. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Is They're that why you're getting changes? Right. Sure. Yeah. Well, good luck. Godspeed to you, Kato, to all of our guardians out there. The perfect way to start spooky month. Moon's haunted. Moon's haunted. <laughs>
Here Cox we go. Pistol. Yeah. <laughs> not that many. Not that many spooky moon games. Uh, Pro, or Prey? Movies. Oh, um, movies. Movies. No. There was one. There was one. There was a found foot. A bad found foot. Years back. A, a, a moon found footage. Yeah, it was like a you know some sort of like you know space mission to go land on the moon and mm. something something. Yeah, I feel like a lot of something space important. horror happens on ship ships, stations, off stations. Off, yeah, and ships, then yeah. Mars, and then or like not prison colonies, yeah, other other and like alien worlds, yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> yeah, the moon, it, moon's too close. Uh, you know what had good moon horror? Mm. The Dead Space series, and that's all I'll say about that. Yeah, bring back Dead Space. <laughs> yeah, bring back Dead Space. Um. Happy Halloween season, everyone. I hope you're ready to change up your avatars. Hell yeah. Uh, you can find me and my new avatar. It won't be a new one. It'll probably still be Shadow Persona Austin yeah. again for this yeah. for this year. <laughs> uh, at Austin underscore Walker on Twitter. Where can people find you, Kato? At A underscore Kato underscore appears. What's your spooky avatar going to be? Uh, I always take whatever my avatar is and draw red eyes on it. Okay. Make it spooky. Whatever it is already. Whatever it is already. What is it now? I think it's my face. Okay. Okay. So you're not going to get like a, a Pikachu or something. No. I'm going to be spooky me. Okay. I can only be the spookiest me I can be. No, it's Halloween. You can be whatever you want. It's a costume. You can wear a costume if you want to. Maybe I'll be my guardian. I'll that, be... A haunted version of your <laughs> destiny guardian would actually be the most <laughs> on point, on brand thing you could do. Well, they are ghouls, right? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I yeah, mean, this is true. Yeah, the ghosts have brought them back from from death. They are the totally. undead. They are the undead. Wow, Patrick, <laughs> where can people find you? What's your avatar? What's your spooky Halloween avatar? Well, I, mm, often I just have one already. So yeah, true. Uh, but I don't think I have one right now. Uh, Better get ready. Kind of, the number is five two. Just put a Cleo Max jersey number. It's my <laughs> avatar. Very spooky. Oh god. Uh, yeah. Of all of the slasher. Uh, slashers out there, Cleo Mac, very, very accurate with his slashes. Very easy to. I like. was, I was trying to, I was trying to find it, but someone did. Um, and I'm sure we'll get into it very briefly here in a second. But uh, you know, Kirk Cousins underdressed from Cleo Mac, and there's like a specifically like a photograph of like Cousins running away, and Cleo <laughs> Mac just like chasing him down, and then someone positioned that next to like a photo of like Jamie Lee Curtis Great. and Michael Myers. And it was very good. Uh, you can follow me at Patrick Klubick. I, I, my hope is to tonight get together. a. Uh, I do an annual sort of like shocktober list yeah. of like horror movies to, to watch and I'm behind, but I have one more day. So hopefully on the couch uh, watching football, <laughs> I can get that. I can get that together. I think uh, I, I've been, this year, I think I've decided I want to do a theming. And so I think my theme Ooh. is going to be around um, like, you know, it's usually a mixture of the movie. new movies, old mov- movies I want to revisit, um, and then just whatever. And that's usually like digging into like old catalogs. But I think this year I want to do like a, a theming. I think this year it is going to be like Chopping Mall, Deadly Spot. Like I want like obscure things that will like kill you. And uh, that's going to like fill out the list. There's a really good one about a mattress that like eats you good and yeah. i can't remember what that movie is called uh, that's, good. Called, that's called deathbed the bed that eats people yep. uh there's a patent oswald bit from some stand-up from mm-hmm. forever ago i think it's actually just deathbed the bed that be- eats. lollipops yeah werewolves and lollipops yes which also had well, is it it's a good album it is a good album is the it time to read uh, where are we at on Patton oswald right now because oh, was that still fine there was that period of like no? werewolf, werewolves and lollipop. Werewolf and lollipops was like a great album. There was a period there, Patrick, after that where 
he got equally corny and also I remember there being a moment of just being like, shut the fuck up, Patton Oswalt. But increasingly I found myself being like, is it okay? Are we good? Did he like move through his shit? I know he went also. <laughs> did, he like just, like, did he like weirdly peek with that like uh that Parks and Rec bit when he did the the Marvel Star Wars good. mashup? That's a good bit. That's a good bit. I don't I, like it's just the thing, is like I don't remember why I was annoyed with him for when I was annoyed annoyed with him. And uh, I don't so remember if it was he a, was one of those dudes like he stood up for other comedians who were not worth standing up yes. for. He kept doing it. Yes. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. Do you remember the and, and like tellingly, uh, there's that Chappelle bit about when he realized that he identified more as a comedian than as a black man uh, at, at times with comedy because he was talking about Michael Richards' stage meltdown, mm-hmm. and he was like watching it as uh michael richards like shouting the n-word and he was like the thought in my head was damn kramer's having a rough night (laughs) and it's a funny bit but i do think they're like Patton oswalt definitely jumped aboard that hey look comedians are allowed to make bad jokes and they're allowed to offend people and uh be edgy because that's you know our that is the nature of our profession is where we can get a laugh um and I think he he may have reevaluated that, but there's definitely a point where he he did he was kind of anti PC police yes. uh, because he saw it like going after too many comics. Um, it was speci- the thing that had specifically made me go like, come on, was uh, him defending Daniel Tosh around some a, a very shitty rape joke that was like just bad uh and i remember being like oh and then yeah there was a whole line of him doing that stuff this is way off topic and i know it doesn't matter <laughs> but like it's one of the i mean i do think this this question of like how long do we hold something against a public figure blah 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 do people change etc and in this specific case this was not like there were not allegations around around uh pat oswald he was just like shitty for a, a little while there um uh, anyway i do think i do think that where also lollipops was a good album <laughs> good comedy album there's a really good story about go if i'm remembering it right a very good story about a canadian comedy club incident that was very good um maybe i'm wrong maybe i'll go listen to it after. it might be a different album is it hmm oh well no well he tells a good story at some point in his life someone should look it up posted in the in the form thread <laughs> shout outs to the forums also uh, uh you can go to the forums form.waypoint.vice.com uh the mod's always doing great work over yeah. there uh as always you can visit also, yeah discourse.zone thank you and also shout outs to the discord mods also yeah uh, always doing good work um as always you can find everything we do waypoint.vice.com twitter.com slash waypoint facebook.com slash waypoint vice is that still true think so okay and uh, Kato uh, and the video team here have been putting up these podcasts over on YouTube, youtube.com slash Waypoint Vice. That's also true, I believe. Yeah. Uh, with like, you know, there's not like a lot of video stuff happening there, but if you prefer to listen to podcasts via YouTube, you can do that now. Yeah. That's We've cool. We've even got timestamps if you want to jump around real easy. Very cool. Awesome. Well, thank you for doing that. Podcast. I don't know yeah. why I was like, very cool. Very. <laughs> In the most like teacher looking yeah. at a student's yeah. like... <laughs> Whatever product teacher your student like, comes up with like, like a drawing, craft, yeah. yeah, craft thing. <laughs> like, look this at this a- uh, ball of straws and glue I made. Very cool, Kato. <laughs> That's great. 
I love your creativity. You just, you know Look what? Let's, it. I made it. Kato is very creative. <laughs> Kato's always bringing up these crafts to show. He thinks outside the box. I love Fuck. it. So good. Uh, uh, all right, everyone. We will catch you later this week with more uh, on on this very busy season of video games. Peace. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how are the Panthers doing, oh, actually? How are yeah, the Panthers? What's up with the Panthers? Are they bad you know, right my, now? Here's what I want. I want Cam Newton yeah. to be injured for the rest of the year, but not in a way that's permanent because his backup looked like it's pretty good. And then Mitchell Trubisky is a little iffy. You know, who knows what happens in the playoffs? We trade for Cam Newton. Mm. We get him in the offseason, bring him into the Bears. That's that's what I want. They're he back retires as a bear. That's he, yeah, yeah, why not? Why not? That'd be fun. Uh, they look they're, they they have a really fun backup quarterback who is holding his own. He's won the last two games, I think. Yeah. Um, um football season. We're in it. You did us a favor. Thank you. I did. Oh, my God. Awesome. What a stressful game that was for me. I put in a lot of effort. I thought we were. I thought I was going to lose at the end. And then it came. Well, Patrick and I were. OK, so Patrick and Rob and I have a football chat now because we do. <laughs> and because we don't want to, like, subject Daniel. Well, so we, we were just like pasting it into. So we have like a we have like a, a waypoint discord, like for staff. And then like enough people like have gone through waypoint that like we did like an alumni chat. Yes. And then like in one of those. Subthreads is a reads section, which is supposed to be like articles people have read <laughs> that people find interesting. It just like quickly became like sports, sports. links. <laughs> yeah, we put other stuff in there too. Sometimes yeah. we have yeah, we yeah. listens. Yes. We have like you know people have sure. that, you know we want to share stuff. It's sports and bad takes. It's that's <laughs> it. That's what that. Is. <laughs> hey, hey, look at this piece of shit. Look at this motherfucker. <laughs> Sometimes those things overlap. More uh-huh. often than not, increasingly. Um, uh, but yeah, so the, the that Eagles game was to say it was like a nail biter is an understatement. Oh, uh, I, it is just one of those things where Patrick, the thing that I that I you and I were talking about while that game was going on was that there is nothing. <laughs> the timing was really bad. There's nothing as stressful in sports besides injuries, besides like really bad, really truly bad things happening. Uh, then. A like generationally great quarterback driving with a few minutes left on your defense with an exceptional amount of skill and talent as you just feel like, oh, it's all going to slip away from me. This motherfucker is going to ruin my day. And that is exactly what was happening at the end of that Packers Eagles game. And I just it's just like I could feel it like Aaron Rodgers is so good as a QB that so underrated. He can I just think. will it. 
Will yeah. it into, will it, well, we're like, we're, we're like, you know, at this point, you know, four years removed from like when right. just like the, the, the most incredible, you know, like, like 2014 around the, the time they won that Super Bowl, like just like an untouchable yeah. uh, uh, player. And he's still like, he's a very, he's an incredible Manning-esque yes. figure in that he has, he has, his football IQ is just unbelievable. But like, I couldn't help but just laugh because your anxiety of like two minutes left in the game you left him too much clock, yep. which actually is any clock at all. Like he could have 40 seconds and like he'll still Make find a way yeah. to, to cut you. But it's just like Rob and I have lived that life for so many I mean, years the thing is, of just here comes Aaron Rodgers. Part of this, though, is so familiar to me. Like I think at halftime I may have said to y'all like, oh, the Eagles are going to pull ahead and then we're going to fucking choke. Like this is I'm so used to it right. because I grew up in the Troy Aikman era of the Cowboys, which is he was one of those figures who would make you pay for leaving too much time on the clock. That has always been the Eagles experience for me, as I'm sure, again, growing up with Brett Favre at, at Green Bay, you felt very similar things. I'm like, here is an elite quarterback who is going to make us fucking pay again and again and again. Uh, that was so stressful, and then and then the injury towards the end of that game fucking sucked. Uh, that game was, was that game was bookended by like, uh, yes, like you know there, there is injuries that you accept as part of a violent game, and in some degree you have to compartmentalize these as well. And just like if you say you like this sport, you have to say you're like not okay with, but like some of this like but these there are two injuries that um like just laid out two guys to start yeah. the game. And to end the game. And then that kind of injury, like a guy maybe gets, sometimes there are injuries that look really scary. And it turns out maybe just got the wind knocked out of them and they're okay, you know, 10 minutes later. But these were injuries where like they cut to commercial break yeah. because the guy's not moving. They come back and they don't have a commercial to cut to or they cut back again yeah. because like nothing has changed. And um, it was, there was one Packers player that happened to, uh, there was like Jamal Williams, I think it was the running yeah. back. And then, mm-hmm. Um, Avante, Eagles, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Uh, Avante uh, Maddox, who concussion, like cornerback, right? Uh, cornerback, yeah. Uh, 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 concussion and neck injury, which are like, this is the thing that pushed me away from the sport. On top of the right. racism of the owners, um, is like, <laughs> you watch that play, no one, yeah. You can't legislate that out, right? Like you can. It's you just can, bodies you can, moving around at high speeds. Right. He was hit by his teammate. Like that's the thing that is like even worse in some ways is like the way the play figured out the two teammates collided. His neck snapped back and he fell to the ground. And it was this like it was so hard to watch that stuff. And it should be hard to watch. Like I'm glad it doesn't cut away to endless commercials while someone is being attended to, and you don't get to no, it's, it's, see it's, the it's, it's part of like if you are going to say you're a fan of like the sport at a tight when it looks you know like beautiful like right. football Ball at its best, flying like, through the air, et cetera. Right? Yeah, like it, it, yeah, it's it, in, in some level like a, a violent form of ballet. You also have to accept and like not pretend this isn't part of it. Like it is at, like again, like the, the the sport is safer than ever, but a lot of that has happened for the, the quarterback, which in some ways right. cynically is just about protecting the marketability of the sport. Um, it also takes what generations to like retrain. Like you're talking about like people who are in the league for, you know, I mean, I know the average time a person is in the league is only a couple of years, but like for players that have some distance, like they're in it for, you know, 10 plus years. And I think you need to retrain athletes, you know, how they hit from like, you know, you know, peewee sports on up. And that takes a long time for that to filter through. And even then, even once you do all that, right. Like, so the, the Eagles play is a perfect example of that because 
just shit happens. Like it's a people are running at like extremely high speeds yeah. in which the intent is to hit somebody. And two players who didn't want to collide. Most of the time, these collisions are someone trying to collide with the other person. You know, you've got Vance's perfect, like notorious piece of shit who uh, was on uh, coddled by the Bengals for just the yeah. longest time. Um, along who's the other guy? Uh, Pac-Man Jones, I think, was the other guy who was just like part of a pair of just like these are guys who. Uh, on some level, you want to like. I'm sure these players like they they like getting hit. Like they like getting into the scrum. Like Vontis Burke was a guy who wanted to hurt people, and he just had his I think third uh, uh, suspension. Um, and this time it's for the entire season because he has racked up. This is a guy who um, Jack Doyle, tight end, and the, the Colts um, was was going down. Like he was fine. He was already touched by another player. Perfect comes in defenseless and just helmet to helmet jacks this dude and gets up um the the refs throw him out of the game because the nfl has slowly moved towards what should be what college football does college football if they think you targeted a player and it doesn't i don't think it even has to be helmet to helmet you're just gone you're just out of the game right. whereas like the the nfl just like for marketability reasons and like uh wait so long to just like toss players who should who have done something egregious he gets uh, the perfect gets up um, he's getting booed by the, the the Colts fans, you know, rightfully so. And he starts blowing them kisses. Right. Um, and it's just like, God. ban that guy from the league. Like, right. it should have happened before. But like, uh, so like all this stuff comes with the territory to some degree. But it makes, especially the moment you were talking about, Austin, where it's like the most electrifying moment as both a fan and like, right, where, where you're waiting to see if you're about to lose. Like, where it's like, oh, this is where trying to describe to people like, what is it like? To, I think we did like a fan episode, you know, on Waypoints ways ago. But it's like, what is it like to cheer for something that you have no control over and yet have an incredible amount of emotional investment in? Like that moment you're talking yeah. about, to where like, your back's against the wall, is, is like literally you hate you hate to see it, but also it's what you live for. The the non injury part, yeah, exactly, right. Yes. Like that is the thing is that like this is twenty seconds left or whatever. The clock is winding down. Elite quarterback driving on your defense. Can your defense make the stop to hold on to the win, or are we going to get pushed into overtime where we will definitely choke because that is what the team does? <laughs> and you know he throws a stunning pass, a stunning pass to get them within like right there, right up against the goal line. Is is moving again and again and. Then this injury happens, and it reminds you that the the cost of getting that high intensity, deep investment is these people putting their lives at risk. You know, I, I think this is going to be. I think Maddox is out with a neck strain and a concussion right now, week to week. Like it, it turned out, it was not something completely career ending and, and life threatening. But you know, you get hit a little bit different. You hit get you fall just a little bit different. We are yep. very vulnerable people and the padding helps. Like you said, it's safer than ever, but that does not mean that it's safe. So that was a really trying thing for me of like, oh, do I want to do another? Do I want to stay? How focused on this do I want to be in the, for this season? Knowing right. that me watching or not watching is not protecting people, that I'm not leading a boycott of the NFL. You know what I mean? Like it's just about personal right. preference right. and personal comfort, but it was a tough one. Um, yeah. Incredibly, that team ends up holding and uh, getting an incredible uh, 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 win from a tipped ball interception. Like, 
you know, you would call it a storybook ending. The Packers were at the one yard line. Yes, with it's four plays, uh, four downs. To be didn't fair, run, didn't run, didn't a run the time. didn't run a single time because they don't. I don't. Anyway, uh, you would call it a, a storybook finish if not for the fact that mm-hmm. someone was literally exactly. pulled off the off the the uh, turf with a you know on a on a stretcher moments before. Um, so yeah, yeah, that was that was my football week, and then watching watching some of, of your game also uh, yesterday as y'all cut up the the Minnesota oh. Vikings non-existent <laughs> like what what ha- what happened hold on hold on first hold of all the O line okay I'll let you speak hold on just let, uh I my wife and I realized this prior to the second football season that we didn't really need cable anymore we weren't everything we were the amount of where our time is so limited that like we're the people that like wait till the season goes on a streaming service you know a season later and there's so much to watch that like we're fine. And so I was like, what are we doing paying for cable anymore? Like that's literally doubling our cable bill. It's like, it's 160 a month. So it's like, wh- why not just get rid of $80? Like that's not an insubstantial amount of money like over the course of a, a couple of years. So got rid of that. Um, but then I realized like, well, how am I going to watch the Bears games? So I was like, oh, okay. Well, you just get an antenna. Well, projectors don't take intent. Like they don't have oh, a built-in antenna. So you sure. have to buy an antenna and then a converter box for it to go. Like, so, anyway, so I got all that stuff and it was only like 60 bucks all told, which is less than a month of what I was paying to watch these games. I was like, so this is fine, but I don't know if it's the fucking tree that is in front of our house. I don't know <laughs> if it was a cloudy day, but we, I got it set up. So any of the games that come on Fox or NBC is fine. But this game on CBS, I didn't account for CBS not coming in. And all of a sudden I just flick it. I turn off the goose game, turn on the TV, get it ready to go. Where's the game? Where's the game? Where's the game? Can't find it through this weird UI in this cheap box that I bought. And then I realized like, Oh shit, it didn't get picked up. And so I like rescanned it. CBS comes up, but it's all garbled. And so I'm sitting there. I found uh, a place on the internet to watch the game on my phone while I tried to get this antenna. So like my wife is like holding the phone so I can like see the game while I'm like holding this antenna, getting it to the right spot. The only spot the CBS comes in clear where it doesn't garbled is somewhere where then she has to like run, get duct tape and like taping it to the window (laughs) to get it in the right spot and eventually got it into place. And all while this is happening, Mitchell Trubisky gets injured in the first couple of plays of the game. So I'm, I see Rob's notifications blowing <laughs> up on my phone. I'm screaming. I'm like, what's going on with Mitch? And like, and I'm also having to keep this antenna directly. In I was place wondering so why I you were so calm. <laughs> <laughs> because I couldn't respond, Rob. I was losing my mind, but needed internal composure so I could watch see, the rest of the game. This story makes me happy because the other day, MK was like, you keep adding subscriptions. <laughs> Should we not perhaps consider canceling cable because most of what we consume now is like through subscriptions? It's because I was like, we need to get NHL Game Pass so I can keep track of my fantasy team. And uh, she was like, well, okay, but maybe we should cancel cable at that point. And I was like, no, <laughs> no, because like Good. four times a Good. year, the bears are going to be playing live in my area, like on TV in my area. So yes, we're paying for the cable. Uh, <laughs> otherwise, Christ. what you want to live like Patrick, <laughs> that, uh, that unworthy dog. Wow. <laughs> Dude. I put my, I put my hands up into parts of the window that clearly have not been. Cl- 
clean like a dig in. <laughs> Pull my hand out, and it's just like my wife. She's like, "Don't, don't come anywhere near me." She's like, "I will hand you this tape from over here, but do not touch me. I don't, I don't know what that dirt is. It's, it's not great." <laughs> so, it was a. This felt like. So going into it, Patrick and I had felt like this was going to be an important game. It's a divisional matchup. Uh, on paper, the Bears should be significantly better than the Vikings, but on paper, they should have been significantly better than the Packers, and they weren't. Mm-hmm. Uh, they lost that game, and every this, opponent they they should have handed if they if you're if you're a yeah fingers you beat up on teams that are figuring it out and are below your below your weight, and that was true of everyone. Um, you hold Aaron Rodgers to ten points. You should win the game. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and the Bears didn't. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so this one, not only going into it, we knew a number of players weren't going to be playing. Akeem Hicks, uh, you know, great defensive lineman, uh, not going to be in the game. Um, Rokon Smith, late scratch, which uh, is getting is weird. More... So, yeah, the initial reports, Adam Schefter is saying he was erratic all week, which makes me think, and the team has time and time again, Said they said he wasn't in the game because of a, a personal issue, which yeah. of course in football your red flag goes up immediately to be mm. like, oh shit, like what, what did he do? Because that's usually how this yeah. starts: is a guy is sat before like news breaks, but then nothing broke this morning. I said, well, that's weird. And then yeah. the uh, Schefter, who's uh, one of the you know NFL you know gossipy guy reporters, is said that um, he was erratic, which uh, the Vikings actually dealt with a mental health issue. Last season was uh, Everson Griffin, I think. Yeah. Um, some issues. And so it's not, you know, uh, it, the, the NFL is actually like quietly waking. I think the Vikings actually said because of Everson, they set up like a mental health division, like within yeah. the building, which is like probably a really important step forward that like more teams should have things like that. So I, I don't want to jump to conclusions, but yeah, it sounds like it's, you know, it, it may be something closer to that than anything else. But either way, yeah, they did not, they were not running the, it was a well, team that I I thought it was a 50-50, and if it was a if it was going to be close no matter what, you lose those players, and I was yeah. like, great, well, like we're going to. lose And then this. a few minutes into the game, Mitch Trubisky is rolling out, and at, like he can't find anyone. Uh, he gets tackled. It turns out one of the reasons he couldn't find someone was because there's hold, defensive holding on the play. Uh, but nevertheless, he takes a hard and awkward fall, and it looks like. He screwed up his left shoulder, which is not his throwing shoulder. But like, we're a few minutes into this game, and now Trubisky <laughs> is out. And it's one of those injuries where you know right away, like, you are not going to see him anytime soon. Like, it's not a, it's not one of those like really scary injuries injuries we've been talking about. But in it's terms head of, yeah, yeah. But in terms of, like, is this guy going to be our quarterback anymore? Which is already kind of a fraught question to begin yeah. with in Chicago. Uh, you could see like he was out of the game now and the bears it's not like there's a star prospect waiting in the wings. And so I just texted Patrick. I was like, we're, this game's cursed. We are, <laughs> we are fucked. This is going to be a game. We lose like 30 to three and yeah. we'll look back and be like, this defined the entire season. Yeah. Um, and it was just such a fun game of football. Cause I think there's something like, that discussion of like football at its best. One of the things that's really awesome. I don't think it's just the, you know, the balletic uh, aspect of football. Well, that's watching just, yeah. Yeah. But watching like the fear, the pure physical, like prowess and skill of a great defense go to work 
is also incredible. And that's what we were sort of treated to yesterday was just one of the best performances I've seen by a Bears team helped along by Mike Zimmer. Um, Keep running the ball. Oh my God. That guy's so So the Minnesota head coach is a huge asshole, like bullied one of his kickers off the team. Bears had a shitty kicker, like worked really hard to like give that guy some confidence. Like it never got toxic. Mike Zimmer doesn't like kickers. So he treats them like shit. Like he is known for just treating kickers like shit. Uh, and then the other thing last year was he fired his offensive coordinator uh, because he didn't run the, the ball enough, <laughs> which is wild because as head coach, like uh, you're in charge. So like you should probably be able to make that ha- happen without firing somebody. But nevertheless, he just threw his like uh, offense coordinator under the bus and said, you know, not he's not running the ball enough. Uh, I'm going to get somebody who does. Um, and the result was on display yesterday. He was like, damn, the Bears defense is basically ragdolling my offensive line. I'm going to keep running the ball. And it was, dude, it was beautiful. Like Khalil Mack just absolutely demolished. A wrecking ball. Three, four guys trying to stop him. And like they slowed him up by like triple teaming him. Did not ever block him. And while they're doing that, Every other bear turns into like Superman out there. It was wild. Yeah, it's uh, even if you if you watch football, but a lot of people don't understand how defense works often because the camera doesn't even show the full defense. So it's like hard to even grasp the concepts because everyone is so laser focused on the offensive part. But, it, you know, if you were to w- watch this game and just watch what Khalil Mack did, like he's that much of an impact player that every single snap you'll you'll notice even without knowing what the technique is or what he you know what he is like doing moment to moment that he is just affecting every which is you know what he when when the bears traded for him part of what he unlocked for the team was that he turns a a b minus player into an a minus player by virtue of the fact of just making it easier for them to do their job mm-hmm. um and so you'll see like you know other players stepping up because, well, yeah, it's easier to get to the quarterback when three other players are focused on one dude that they're worried about. And so it's just, it's, you know, Rob and I are conditioned because of being Bears fans that you suspect the offense to be total shit. And you're hoping that the defense can score more points than your offense can. Like that is uh, the, the story of the 80s. Uh, I don't, you know, I didn't pay that much attention in the 90s, but certainly of like the 2000s with Jay Cutler, like, and Brian Erlacher, Peanut Tillman, uh, we went through that era of the Bears. Like, that's just Bears football is just take the ball away. Just don't let them have it. Um, and actually, you know what? You know, offense, take a knee. We're good. Just give it back to the defense. And uh, that's where we're at with the, you know, I've told Rob, I think my nightmare scenario, it turns out that there's an update on Trubisky, which is that it's pretty much the best case scenario. Slight labum tear in his non-throwing shoulder and it's separated, but it's not going to require surgery, and it can probably come back for the Saints game. Um, I don't know. You know, I remember back to that Rams game last year when he came back from his injury. Then he was real shaky, but that was his throwing shoulder. Um, the worst case scenario for the Bears is like you got to get out of this season knowing what you have, and whether you cut bait or he takes a surprise yeah. leap, um, you cannot waste this defense on another iffy like develop maybe you can't do a Marcus Mariota you can't like hope the guy figures it out the next season you know maybe you turn Mitch into a a backup quarterback and you get 
you bring well, in a Ryan Tannehill or an Andy Dalton. Like, cause you saw Chase Daniel, their backup. He's there's a reason he has played four NFL starts in his like 11 years in the NFL. It's cause he's not that good, but diamond in the rough. He it's cause other teams missed it. You know, I, you forget those two games last year, Rob. No, like, he's you great. Remember I love that him. Pick six that he threw to the Giants him. linebacker on his first <laughs> throw in that game. He was terrible. Chase the ace. But, <laughs> but he he understands how to run the system. And what he showed in that Bears game, you kind of have to throw at the second half because they basically just said, fuck it. Like, just let the defense take care of the game. And we're just not going to ask Chase to do too much. Um, someone who understands the system, like, and can go through his reads. You see how much that unlocks like players that are are open, but Mitch Trubisky just cannot. He's his football IQ is just not there. He is an unbelievably like gifted like athlete, um, but I don't know if the the football IQ part is there. And you got to know that by the end of the season, because even if this season ends in heartbreak, you know you make it to the first second round. It's not a Super Bowl. Like it's still a Super Bowl defense yeah. next year, and you just got it. You just got to know. Dude, and I'm ready to cut bait. Like I'm am, ready to bring in a veteran. And, and just this is the on. thing we are, are like this is. Time being a flat circle in Chicago. We are never confident in our quarterback. Nope. We never feel good about him. We always think like, damn, maybe that guy riding the bench is actually like, maybe he should be the one in charge. <laughs> When's the last maybe time like had it just didn't come together for him. When was the last quarterback that you felt was a franchise quarterback? Well, it was Cutler. Yeah. Okay. But it didn't work. Now, <laughs> I will. I will always, I will go to my grave saying that Mike Martz was the villain of that story. Yes, that like you got a quarterback who could have been developed, like was developing in a promising direction, and then you broke him the first year, like you just let him get the shit kicked out of him, and he never trusted the team, the system ever again. If you uh, drop Jay Cutler into this team, they'd go to the Super Bowl, no question, no question, uh, no question, some questions, some, some questions. questions. But I think, but but I I'd feel more confident. I feel more confident about like Jay Cutler's football IQ, like yeah. Then, 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 and he never played with a defense like this. He never, like, he caught that defense on the downswing, and so it was like ships passing. Uh, yeah, but no, so this is like this. The very funny thing happening here is Chase Daniel looked like the quarterback we wanted to see for a long time for one game. Just steady the ship. We don't, I don't need you to be not just that, but like. See receivers. There yep. were guys' names being called because they're catching passes that I did not know played for the <laughs> Chicago Bears. Because Mr. Trubisky never, yeah, Javon Wims. Mr. Trubisky apparently never gets to that part in his progressions. He has five receivers running routes. He sees two. The guy he's been staring down since before the snap, and then, <laughs> then the guy running else the screen sees. routes that he bails yeah. out on. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> it doesn't see anything else. Because he like whatever uh, you've drawn up, he's like, all right. So I'm gonna throw to that guy. Doesn't matter what. what Rob, I he love sees. how quickly you've gone f- gone from the thing with Bears fans is we never have a quarterback we're happy with. We're always looking at the guy on the bench as, as better to be to deeply embodying that Bears fan. <laughs> Specifically, <laughs> just like no irony in your voice. You're ready to nope. move on. Look, we are products of our culture and experiences. <laughs> mm-hmm. I feel you. I feel you. God, uh, Jim Miller would take this team. To are the we? Are we? Ball. Is there any there other? Is there any other stuff? Are we good? It was our football check-in for the moment. <laughs> Who's up? Yeah, I'm, mad, I'm mad that I'm mad that the Bills couldn't, given nine thousand chances by their excellent defense, could not put Tom Brady's face in the fucking mud. Well, the Patriots also like kind of headhunted J- like Josh oh. Allen. Oh yeah, yeah. That's yeah, that's, that like was a that. really bad hit too. Yeah, that, that, that dude helped. took a hit and then collapsed. Like, like his body just gave up until he 
picked up for being concussed. It was that was scary. Teddy Bridgewater continuing to do decently with uh, with the Saints. Can, they, I think we can smother him though, Rob. He don't go. He don't. Oh, he I don't think so too. Chance. I think so too. But um, I yeah. I but like my point is, it was it, last night's game was funny watching them just slowly. I root for Te- Teddy Bridgewater. What the injury? He I had root for the is, who the Cowboys are playing. <laughs> I don't hate hate them, but at the same time, like. Jerry well, Jones is so unsure. Jones, Jones. Yeah. Yeah. sucks, dude. Yeah. God, I love watching yeah. that dude Prescott, take out. Get the fuck Fun out of here. Yeah, yeah. Fuck yeah. him. Yeah. Um, uh, shout out to the Browns leading the AFC North 2-2. Two two. What the fuck? Sure. Uh, that score, that, that was a fun box score. Shout outs to the Jets, who the Eagles play next week, who are 0-3 and... and, and Give us a, a hey, take your take your win. Ta- you know, I hope so. I think, hey, I, saw, why are the I, think I saw on t- top. Why are the Browns on top? Yeah, maybe you haven't heard because they're the best. Because they're the best. But the Ravens also are also two and two. I don't understand how well, football works. Uh, okay, so <laughs> funny thing, you know how they got to two and two, Kato, <laughs> is they beat the ever living shit yeah, out of the Ravens, who looked like a pretty good team at times this year, mm-hmm. and definitely seem like one of those forty teams that we to twenty five. Was oh, that fuck? Yeah, dog. <laughs> uh huh. I wish I could be like. So now all, it's all about Baker Mayfield, but he was one on one. He was did one one TD throw, so it's not like it was all. <laughs> but you know, he moved the fucking ball. So you know, that's that's that's. Rob, Rob I want to read you this quote. Uh, yeah. Cleo Mack told Deion Sanders on NFL Network that facing the Raiders this week is quote a game I've been looking forward to. I can't lie, it's going to be a big one for me. I forgot. The narrative that not only are we going to play, we're, he's going to play his team that would not pay him and traded him away like garbage. Oh my God, Rob. Well, Oof. also, what's the thing that Gruden's tried to say is like he didn't even meet with me. Yeah, like, oh, yeah. like, damn, like I we would have we could have reached a deal if only he'd shown a little more respect and like given yeah. me a chance to like <laughs> shake his hand. And he was like, I want money, and they were like, can't give you money, won't give you money. But we will give you a firm handshake. <laughs> Peace. That'll be a fun it. one. Good luck. Yeah. Have fun with with the Raiders. <laughs> uh, shout out to my stepdad. My, okay, so real quick, my dad's favorite team is the Browns. My stepdad's favorite team is the Vikings. Yeah. So it's been rough Ooh. in all of my Yikes. patriarchal <laughs> figures. All of my paternal figures have had some rough years over the years. Uh, especially, especially my stepdad with me as an Eagles fan. Lots of moments of just like. He's you know he lives in South Jersey. Lots of Eagles fans all around. Uh, but mm-hmm. good luck, good luck in the coming weeks to all. But of, for latent Freudian tension, oh, it's like fantastic. Wishing to slay the father figure. <laughs> Times are good. Times are great. <laughs> Times are fantastic. Uh, no, I I love I love both my dad and my stepdad quite a bit, and I hope that their teams do do admirably this season as as it marches on. Uh, I think that's it. I think we're done. I think I'm going to put a wrap to this so we can go, go eat lunch. I do have a quick correction. Very important. Mm. I said Senator Trask before. Mm. Bolivar, Tra- Bolivar Trask was not a senator. He was a he was a man of, of industry. He was an arms manufacturer who helped build right. the Senate, Sentinels. Right, right, I right, was thinking right. of Senator Kelly, who was his ally in the U.S. Senate uh, as part of the mutant registration program, of course. Yeah. Apologies uh, to, to those affected. <laughs> Got to get ahead of that. You yeah, might want to – can you cut that out and put it at put the top? Yeah, I'll put, put, it, yeah, I'll put that <laughs> at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what? In this, in the current political environment, we are not that far away from someone <laughs> no. suggesting 
automated drones that track certain subsections of the population. So, you know? All right. That is for real going to do it. I'm going to go eat lunch. Bye. Bye. Yeah, bye. House. <laughs> um. Loud house. <laughs> Loud house is the name of my unproduced 70s horror film. Great. Welcome to Loud House. Loud House. Yeah, yeah. It'll be a scream. <laughs> ah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Honey, does this house Going. seem a little loud to you? It's nothing. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah. God. We should make 70s horror movies. <laughs> What was that one, the trailer that we watched that time in Hot Mike Mornings? What was that? It was like a uh, killer mall or a, like some... Cho- chopping mall. Chopping, chopping mall. mall. No, it wasn't chopping mall. It was um, the, um, that was the bathhouse one. Um, right, that is, you're right, because people get stuck in like steamed bathhouse. Um, damn, what was that one? It was a good, it was a good one. We go back to that episode uh, find it again. Horror movies. On, uh, it was like an exercise. Like, I can't remember what the. Yeah, what, it was like some sort of like, it was like a whole place. Do you know what I mean? Like it was a whole. Yeah. Um, I can't remember what that was. Oh, man. Um, another movie, 1987, called Killer Workout. Ooh. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch this trailer. <laughs> Good. Great. You know what? Here, I'll just. You know what? I'm just let's gonna like, set up. You know yeah, what? let's, let's, all just, let's watch, just watch the trailer watch together. Let's. That's how we warm up today. We can do this. Yeah, while we're getting ready. Hey, Rob. Hi, Rob. Hey. How's it going? Not bad. We're gonna watch a horror movie trailer, Rob. Okay, Scotty, ready to watch it? No, no, he's on. getting One there. Second. Oh. Bringing oh. stuff over. It's a whole thing. Two screens. Right, I'm gonna go to the bath. All right, where's this horror trailer? Yeah, let's let's watch <laughs> the trailer for. All right, I see it. Killer workout. I can't. Yeah, this, hopefully, you know, this, hopefully this is fine. We can I throw it out if it's this. bad. Yeah, you know? yeah, that's true. That's pretty bad. Should we time that is? Should we just come we in should, on this? We should time that is. Let's just come oh, in. Oh yeah, this. I have a whole. I got to throw. I I'm good. We can do this. <laughs> good. Okay. Um. All right, I'm ready. Whenever. Uh, let's do forty three. Uh, Patrick, the thing I want to do here is I'm gonna do a th- I'm gonna do a thing where I'm like, um, it's the last day before things get spooky, and then I need you to interrupt me with just like this trailer, basically, like, watch this or something, you know? Okay. All right. Okay. Okay.